This show is brought to you by the Genesis Communications Network, a world leader in talk radio since 1998. Visit GCNlive.com today. Night Owl Live, the show for PC users who can handle the truth. And now, here's your host, Gene Steinberg. This week on the Tech Night Owl Live, we're welcome from his palatial estate in the UK, or shack, depending on your point of view, Johnny Evans, the Macaholic. We'll also hear from Sean Pani. He comes from Techno Buffalo. And obviously, we'll be talking a lot about Apple's Worldwide Developers Conference, which may already have happened by the time you hear this show. This is the Tech Night Owl Live. Okay, now, to show you what happens when you're getting older, Johnny and I were talking about our aches and pains, and you were, prior to this episode, going to take some ibuprofen for your arthritis. Indeed, and I did. Okay, so now you feel no pain. You didn't put some other substance with the water, did you? No, the water's pure as you can get it in London, which is not very. Well, here we use bottled water. I get the cheapest bottled water I can afford. Because in Mesa, if you think it's bad in London, in Mesa, Arizona, it is wretched. Mm, mm. I've heard that uh, there are some very colorful approaches to human drinking water going on in, in some places these days. A lot of people in their private homes use water softening equipment in Arizona. We didn't realize till we first came there because we'd grown up in New York City, which has pretty decent tap water, or did one time. Things change. In any case, talking about aches and pains, my aches and pains are largely in my right leg. And my chiropractor says that's because you have a touch of arthritis. But you see, I am of the age where if I'm walking, I'm happy. (laughs) fair enough (laughs) it's where i have to go that's the problem especially when it gets to be 115 in the shade in arizona in london if it gets 65 or more that's hot that's kind of hot it's hot at the moment but uh, london london's humid hot it's not a nice dry hot like you get there in the desert with your skulls in the desert and your cactuses and, and maybe i've got the wrong image of what life is like in arizona Well, it's the cacti and it is the snakes. But I don't live in the desert. I live in a real city. Not a very expensive neighborhood, but Mesa, Arizona is a real city. You can look it up on the map. Okay. Okay. (laughs) But I'd want to be in your city, whatever. Really (laughs) want to be in London. I've never been to London. And I am jealous of my son, Grayson, who has been there a couple of times at least. I think we've talked about that in time. Yes, we have. But let's talk about an event that's going to be happening way, way across the ocean from where you are. (laughs) And, you know, not so far from where I am, you know, a couple of hours in the plane. Apple's Worldwide Developers Conference, lucky June 13. Now, some of you will have already heard the keynote before you hear the show because we're heard starting on Saturday night. But it doesn't matter. We could be sitting here talking through our hats 
and have fun with it. So let's talk through our hats, knowing <laughs> that half of what we say may be wrong. Well, what I say, Johnny's never wrong. And that is, first among everything, the branding of OS X. It used to be Mac OS, and it was Mac OS X. Then Apple called it OS X. And now it looks like it's going to be Mac OS in the way the other operating systems are formatted, lowercase Mac, uppercase OS. What's your take? It's possible. Um, it sort of makes sense. You know, I'm not sure. I mean, I find it a bit difficult to, to feel too upset about the loss of a capital letter. It'll be the same OS. It will just be a more consistent naming convention. What more can I say? I don't know if it will happen or if it doesn't happen, but we've had two references in the last couple of weeks to uh, Mac OS the smaller M. There was one, I think, in some Apple developer documentation, which is breaking overnight and today on the sort of Mac web. And, and there was, of course, another mention where all this rumor began a few weeks ago. So I don't know. I think it's looking more likely, but overall, it's probably one of the smaller announcements they've got to make, unless, of course, it means something greater. The one thing here is just how convenient these things show up at Apple's site or stuck in some software somewhere. They're dropping hints, and we know they're not that stupid. Mm. Yeah, we know when we see hints like this, it's not an accident. It's not a glitch. It was there for a reason. And in some cases, those mentions have been changed. This is true. Uh, the other part of that story, of course, is is uh, the uh, Phil Schiller's interview where he talked about the new subscription type deals for developers, um, 85-15 splits and things like that. All of this being the kind of news traditionally you'd expect to be mentioned at a WWDC key keynote. When I've seen Apple leak information or release products just before a keynote speech it usually means they've just got too much in the speech so it does kind of make your mind boggle you think well what have they got in their speech if they're quietly releasing all these things now they want to tempt you they want to wet our appetite gene they want to wet something but we haven't figured out what I think all right. I want to so mac os is the least of it <laughs> yeah I think now so. to preface the next segment Back last year, Apple purchased a company called Vocal IQ yeah. with advanced voice recognition technology. Now, let's give a hint as to what we have here. So Apple one year purchases PC Semi and another company designing chips, and suddenly we have the A-series chips. Yeah. And Apple buys a company called Authentic, which makes fingerprint sensing technology, and suddenly we have Touch ID. And Apple buys a company known as Siri. And we know what we got from that. So Vocal IQ is not going to be a name change for Siri, but it could be Siri on steroids. Maybe Siri will really recognize what you say. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. It? Vocal IQ, when they were uh, an independent company, would talk about how Siri was a mere toy, you know? Um, and they would, they, they sort of, their whole if you like, their predication, their raison d'etre, the reason they was there um, was because they felt that existing digital assistants just weren't up to the job. And, you know, we're looking at, there's quite a steep curve, isn't it, to go from um, uh, voice recognition software, which can handle maybe 90 to 93% of, of, of what's said correctly, to move up to voice recognition that can get into the 95s, 96s, 97%. Even though each of those is only a, a minute step, they're pretty hard to accomplish. And certainly it's not hard to imagine 
that what Apple want to do here is make sure that Siri understands what you're saying all the time when you say it. Um, um, so, which will be sad, really, because what will happen to all the sort of things Siri said sites? It'll be, it'll be a shame. I'll miss them. Actually, what they should be doing is licensing the voice of Gene Rottenberry's late wife, the one who was the voice of the computers on Star Trek. They could do that, too. <laughs> right. You know, just it's owned now, I guess, by CBS, which owns the rights to Star Trek. So you just contact the people over there and they could license that. That would be great. Rather than Siri's voice, which can be a female or a male, depending on where you live and what you choose. Mm. Wouldn't you like Siri to sound like Star Trek's computer? Well, maybe maybe they'll just uh, give us a, a bunch of Siri voices in the in <laughs> that, that speak. You know, basically all the Beats One radio broadcasters could be voices, as could every single actor from all the legendary or rumored forthcoming original TV series that Apple are meant to be busy and quietly putting together. Maybe all of those could be available. Maybe we'll have Siri Wars or Siri Trek. Maybe that will be a show, <laughs> an intrepid digital assistant in its robot boat exploring the universe. Why not? Well, you can always have the voice of Keith Richard, but you'd never understand what he was saying. (laughs) He's just asking for more. (laughs) I'd like Paul McCartney or Ringo Starr, actually. That would be fun. Or, you know, if you like the voice of a female, I'm sure there are plenty of people. But having celebrity voices for a voice assistant, I think that would be fun. Of course, Apple would have to pay a bunch of money. Imagine Samuel L. Jackson. That would be very popular, wouldn't it? <laughs> but what if it, what if it was what if it's Siri with Samuel J. L. L. Jackson's attitude? It'd just be like Siri, can you get no? Siri, could you no? I can't do that. No, I can't do I can't do a Samuel Jackson impression. But perhaps you can. I'm sorry, Dave. I can't do that. We've got Johnny <laughs> Evans, who's going to be back for more abuse in the next segment of the Tech Night Out Live. <laughs> If you want to get your website online and you need reliable service, first-class service at the lowest possible price, there's only one place to go. Well, DreamHost has a special promotion with our show where they'll offer you unlimited disk space, unlimited bandwidth, one-click web apps such as WordPress, 24-7 support. You can save over $55. You want to know how? Go to DreamHost.com radio. DreamHost.com radio. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Hi, I'm Dr. Joel Wallach, the Dead Doctors Don't Lie guy, formerly Air Force Lieutenant Colonel, Air National Guard and Reservist. I'm looking for veterans, active duty military personnel to join the 90 for Life Crusade to save America. She needs your skills, courage, and loyalty more than ever. Contact GCNteam.com. Because of the financial and health care collapse, veterans are currently struggling finding jobs. Frustrated looking for a job? Change your tactics. Join the 90 for Life Crusade to save America. Start a health care business with FDI Longevity 90 for Life Crusade. Contact GCNteam.com. 
Vietnam immediately. We're looking for military specialists who can use a computer and communicate information and execute a battle plan. Join the admirals, Navy SEALs, Marines, pilots, Army officers, military police, sheriffs, police officers, firemen, and first responders already enrolled in the 90 for Life Crusade. Contact GCNteam.com now. FDI Longevity will help you apply your military skills to the task of saving America through health and financial programs. Contact GCNteam.com. Enlist in GCNteam.com and save America. This is an alert. If your business or church is building this year, you're about to pay more than you should. This could mean thousands of dollars more for your office, retail space, church, or warehouse. A general steel building can save you as much as half the cost and time of similar conventional construction. And we're offering rebates of up to $20,000 to help you build today. Call General Steel for free information that could save you thousands. Call 866-91-STEEL. 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 Dangerous blood clot device alert. If you or a loved one had an IVC filter placed to prevent blood clots from traveling to your heart or lungs and suffered an injury, you may be entitled to substantial financial compensation. The FDA warns that IVC filters may cause serious complications, such as heart or lung damage, internal bleeding, and even death. These dangerous blood clot devices can break and the metal fragments can travel to your heart or lungs causing serious injuries. If you or a loved one suffered organ damage or other injuries from an IVC filter, you may be entitled to substantial financial compensation. Act now. Time is limited to file a claim. For a free consultation and free information, call Injury Help Desk at 800-478-1507. 800-478-1507. 800-478-1507. This is an advertisement. Paid non-attorney spokesperson. InjuryHelpDesk.com is responsible for this advertisement. Principal Office, Las Vegas, Nevada. So you've got to take a state construction license exam or certification. Can't decide on what books or what chapters to study? Discover right now how you can eliminate unnecessary books and wasted study time. At ContractorExam.com, our study materials zero in on state-required test topics in an effective, multiple-choice format. So whether you're a plumber, electrician, general contractor, or other construction-related trade, ContractorExam.com will help get you prepared. Visit us at www.ContractorExam.com today. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Tech Night Owl Live, please send it to news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. If you'd like to discuss today's show with fellow night owls, visit our community forums at forum.technightowl.com. That's forum.technightowl.com. We have Johnny Evans, and we're talking kind of, sort of, what Apple might be doing at the WWDC. And we recognize the fact that by the time you hear the show, it's just going to be obsolete. But we're going to have fun with it anyway. So we're thinking here, if Apple's going to give you Siri on steroids using vocal IQ technology that was acquired last year, well, then let's have fun with Siri. Celebrity voices. If you think about it, though, if we if we if we take Siri, it's acquired last year. I think it might be a, a, a little fast to, to weave the, the, the new technology into the existing Siri, but we may begin to see 
those two technologies begin to w- get woven together. But things we can talk about it is what are the implications of a more intelligent Siri? How can we use a more intelligent Siri? How does Siri, that's a, a newer, smarter Siri, sit amongst all the other products in Apple's ecosystem, both the ones we know about and the ones that haven't been thought of yet? And and how can, you know, an newly intelligent Siri, uh, perhaps tied up with sort of um, a big data analysis systems, work as a third-party tool in third-party applications if, as we many expect, a Siri SDK comes out. So, you know, I think if we talk about that, then that would still (laughs) possibly have some uh, raison d'etre in a week's time. Because if we can have smart voice-controlled apps where, where does that make sense? I mean, we, road transport, that makes sense. It makes sense in terms of accessibility. Can you think of other places where that might make sense? Education? Possibly. You know, have Siri grade your lesson work, grade your presentation before it goes to the school system, or have Siri work with educational systems mm. to help students learn. Can Siri translate? Why can't Siri translate? Why can't I speak to Siri in English and have Siri simultaneously translated into another language, given that we know that Siri already has comprehension of the other languages? That's not impossible, is it? That's not too much to imagine. I mean, that could happen. And the thing is here, I suspect a lot of this can be implemented in the cloud. Remember, when Siri's doing her or his thing, hey, that's good, a Siri voice of E.T. E.T. Okay, let's have E.T. be a Siri voice. But seriously, if most of this is being done in the cloud, they don't have to do that much in the way of software updates to make it happen, do they? Mm. Okay, let's imagine it's like this. Um, When I speak to my phone and I'm speaking to Siri, the phone kind of gets what I'm saying and it sort of sends what's being said to the cloud where it's analyzed and then a response is sent back. That's broadly speaking how it works. Um, If Siri... To return to the earlier example, if Siri is being used as a translator, um, I do all that on one side, and then the response comes back. If there is someone else involved in a conversation speaking a different language, you kind of need another computer equation in between. If you like the the cloud-based Siri that I'm speaking to, the cloud-based Siri that they're speaking to, and there will have to be another, I guess, interconnect between those two in the cloud. So I would imagine that the problems there would be deployment, scale, and this technology is hard. You kind of need a Siri to understand Siri then. So I think it probably is a little less trivial. If it were trivial, it would already be be done. There are people working towards that. I'm having a, the usual uh, memory dump problem, but you, you sort of you see Google Translate offering things like speech trans, people like that. Um, so you know that people are working towards um, um, that kind of translation engine. So it will happen. You know, because it it just makes sense. So, of course, it will. Siri on steroids. The second thing is with a more powerful Siri, one that really understands you beyond setting a wake-up alarm, there may be Siri on the Mac. Yeah. Do we need that? I don't care. I have Parallel's desktop here with Windows 10 and Cortana, and I could use it. I don't. I think it will be interesting to see how that's applied. Again, I was reading something recently. I think it was Mary Mika's Internet Trends report the other week, last week. What was it last week? And uh, there were some very interesting slides somewhere about halfway through there, which talked about how people use voice assistants. And people use them in their car. People use them at home. People use them in, in those sorts of situations. But one place that people don't use voice is at work. And you can imagine why, among other reasons, there's a certain, when you're in a workplace, 
people tend to have a certain feeling towards privacy. However, if you think about voice-controlled computing in different situations, so maybe you're in a car and you're driving around, and maybe it makes sense then that you could be being productive while you're sitting in the back seat. I, th- I think I think there are situations where a technology like that will become more and more attractive. I think when you're at home, say, you're in your home office, you want to get to a web page, you want to draw up an appointment, you want to call someone. Don't forget everything integrated now. So in a sense there, it, it seems logical that you can speak to every object and they kind of interconnect with each other. And slowly but surely you find that you're spending less time with some devices and more time with other. And yet at the same time, you'll find you're still getting everything done. I've, I've always believed that the computing will disappear into the background and you will interface, stupid word, with different objects in different ways as and when you need them. And eventually, I think, the value of the object shrinks and the value of the intelligence that the object brings grows. And, and so can you imagine if you could liberate your Mac from the machine and access it anywhere? I think that's kind of where, where you end up. That becomes service-centric, not power centric not computer centric well that services all the way isn't it and, and clearly i think we we know that uh, bud triple um has been talking about uh, that kind of uh what's it client type computing since well way back since you know a long time since before next i think and and so you know it's again like so much in technology there's a a lot of people talking about automation and robotics at the moment and on the one hand i think that you know the systems that we have that can drive such uh, machines, Watson, etc., are so much smarter now that the robots that we have today will be more accomplished than the robots we had yesterday. And at the same time, in the other corner, you've still got the abos of this world falling down the steps. So a lot of the time, merely because we can imagine it happening, doesn't mean it's quite ready to happen, you know? Um, mm. Yeah, I think that's what I was trying to say. <laughs> uh, unfortunately, I may some, unfortunately, I sometimes find I confuse myself. I do apologize for that. Eventually, <laughs> computers would be so small, you put a ring on your finger, and that would be it. Again, that's what I think, part of, part of where I think the whole Apple Watch, that's kind of why I think it makes sense to Apple to, to do it. It's, it's not just a fashion accessory, though it is. Um, it is interesting, I think, when you look at all the watch straps to think um, which of those would look good as a good, tough car seat cover. And, and it is also fascinating to occasionally stray into looking at women's watches and wonder why, with 40% of Apple users being women, the current watch is very much, a, I, I think it's quite a male thing. Um, you can sort of see, see change coming, can't you? <laughs> well, now we're speculating about Apple Watch 2, but let's get back to Worldwide Developers Conference. Oh, but... <laughs> you know, we're kind of lost in here. So the, the rebranding of Mac OS, yeah. Siri on steroids, Siri on the Mac, evidently, although, again, doesn't make much of a difference to me. We'll talk about more things that might be happening with Mac OS in our next segment with Computer World's Macaholic himself, I gotta know what he's drinking there in that water. Johnny Evans on the Tech Night Out Live. You are listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. 
Ted Anderson telling you about Jordan Rubin's Beyond Organic Green-Fed Raw Cheddar Artesian Cheese featuring whole milk created through ancient dairy breeding, unpasteurized, untreated whole milk on the same farm the cows graze, containing natural sources of omega-3s, CLA protein, calcium, probiotics, and enzymes. I have never tasted cheese this good, and you need to try it. Contact your Longevity distributor or call 877-878-4203 or go to GCNteam.com. Are you your Google search results killing you? Unflattering content in blogs, news articles, online reviews, social media, or other sources can jeopardize your reputation, your business, and your livelihood. Let Reputation.com help. Our patented technology will make the truth about you more visible while pushing down unwanted negative content. Improve your Google search results. Call Reputation.com at 1-800-831-0771 for a free consultation. That's 800-831-0771. Are you worried about your mom or dad living alone in their house? Hi, I'm Joan London. Listen, I know how difficult it is to find senior care for someone you love. That's why I recommend a free service called A Place for Mom. They are the nation's largest senior living referral service. Call A Place for Mom today. To receive free information on senior living communities in your area, call A Place for Mom at 1-800-704-6182. A Place for Mom offers free, one-on-one advice from local advisors and a personalized list of senior living communities you can visit. If you have questions about senior care for your mom or dad, there's a place for answers, a place for mom. Call A Place for Mom in the next 10 minutes to get your free ebook on financing senior care as well as free information on senior living communities in your area. Call 1-800-704-6182. That's 1-800-704-6182. Imagine your life five years from now. Are you on the path you want to be on? It's time to take control of your future by getting a world-class education from one of the nation's top universities. Arizona State University is now offering over 100 top-tier degree programs 100% online. It's the exact same degree our on-campus students receive, but you can learn from anywhere in the country on your own schedule. For information, call 1-800-939-9634. Learn from ASU's world-renowned faculty and use ASU's global recognition to improve your visibility, professional network, and gain real-world experience you can start using today. The Wall Street Journal ranked ASU fifth in the nation for producing the best qualified graduates. Now discover how ASU Online can stand out on your resume and help separate you from the competition. We are ready to help you learn to thrive in your life, in your career, and beyond. To learn more about ASU online degrees, call 1-800-939-9634. That's 1-800-939-9634. This is a healthcare alert from the Pain Relief Hotline. If you, a family member, or a loved one suffers from knee, back, shoulder, or ankle pain and have Medicare as your primary insurance, we've got great news. You don't have to suffer any longer. You can immediately qualify for a pain-relieving brace at little or no cost to you by calling our 24-7 pain relief hotline at 866-389-0620. Delivery is free and all paperwork is handled for you. If you are on Medicare and have knee, back, shoulder, or ankle pain, don't wait. You can qualify to immediately receive a pain-relieving brace at little or no cost by calling our 24-7 pain hotline now at 866-389-0620. Our representatives are standing by 24-7 to take your call and rush you your pain-relieving brace at little or no cost to you. Shipping is free and all paperwork is handled for you. Just call 866-389-0620. That's 866-389-0620. Again, 866-389-0620. 
Live with Gene Steinberg. It's the Tech Night Owl. Because you never know what's going to happen next. We have Computer World's Appleholic. I think I call him Macaholic, but Appleholic or or a holocaholic or something like that. Mm-hmm. And we're talking about Worldwide Developers Conference, the keynote set for June 13. You may be hearing the show after that, but wouldn't it be fun to hear us kibitzing anyway? So with OS X, Mac OS, whatever you want to call it, what else does Apple need to put in there? I'm thinking mail, which dates back to next mail, by the way, the 1990s and late 80s. That needs fixes. Mm, iTunes needs fixes too. Well, iTunes, they did some very important things with 12.4. I mean, they made it much more sensible. They gave you the sidebar back full time and not by clicking the right thing or saying a Hail Mary or something. But this time, (laughs) this time, however, I think that they've got to do a lot of things with the basic programs that are lacking. And I said mail, and the reason I said mail is because it's all right about setting up an account with Exchange or Gmail or iCloud or Outlook or Hotmail or Yahoo Mail. That's fine. Mm -hmm. Now you have an email account with a regular corporation. It's not Exchange. It's just using traditional tools. As a matter of fact, probably using the Linux tools that even Hillary Clinton might have used with her (laughs) email. I expect that they probably had a Linux server. With Hillary Clinton, I have no idea. I'm not going to say that. The point being, something where you get your $9.99 a month web host with Namecheap or somebody, or DreamHost, and you set it up and you've got email. Mm. And you want to set up that account. In mail, and I've tried it. I've got my setup so it should automatically configure. It's got an auto-configure setting on it. It should pick up my email system and set everything like the incoming server and the outgoing server automatically. Mail is brain dead. It doesn't know how to do that, except for, like I said, the default free services or exchange. But anything else doesn't know. AOL it knows. Who cares about AOL? Well, Colin Powell, the former Secretary of State of the United States, used an AOL account for his State Department email. All right. That's one thing. And then there's another thing about mail. And you understand the situation, I'm sure, Johnny, where once you set up your email account, you've got the incoming server and the outgoing server and all that stuff. You have local folders for sent mail, for drafts, for junk, for trash. And you need to map them to the server if you're using what we call an IMAP account. In other words, you set them to link to the the comparable folders in the server, such as sent mail, so that you know All your messages are in sync, regardless of whether you're doing it on your Mac PC or iPhone or Samsung or whatever. Mail doesn't get that either. (laughs) You're with me so far, right, Johnny? I um, remember back to the day when, you know, do you remember the Internet when it was the Internet? And uh, you used to have to manually configure your mail packages, your Dora, etc., and you'd be there figuring around with your TCPs and your IPs and all, oh, oh. but you still have to do that with mail if you want to do anything more complex than use an off-the-shelf package. And I do think that's a bit annoying. Just for the heck of it, I tried it in Outlook for Mac. Now, Outlook for Mac doesn't get it either, really. And at worst, when you try to map it, your local folders to folders on your server for sent, junk, whatever, 
it creates new folders on the server, naming them the way it wants, the Microsoft way. Mm. So instead of sent, it's sent items or something. Instead of trash, it's deleted items. It does this just too often, messes everything up. And it's hard to set things right. I then tried Thunderbird, open source email from Mozilla, right? I set it up with my primary email account for this show. Yeah. TechNightOwl.com, of course. You know what? Got it right. Oh, well done. Got it all right. Got everything figured out. I like airmail, too, from time to time. I have this problem with mail where, um, because there's so much mail knocking around in there and so, you know, just too much. I'm kind of unwilling to do everything using the browser. Uh, so I, I end up with a very bloated mail folder, and bloated mail folders aren't happy places. They they they, they get they get very unhappy very fast, <laughs> uh, and yet you know I, I I kind of persist with it because I kind of like to have an easy way to access all the mail that I've ever received. I've looked into some of the archiving packages, but they're all quite system demanding. And anyway, so it, it's it's not ideal yet. But at least we're going to get night shift for the Mac. Eh? Well, the point being here. I have probably about 125,000 messages or 150,000 messages Mm. among several accounts that have been accumulating since the late 1990s. Mm. All right? So my email folders are thick and large, but what we do is, of course, the easiest thing is to slim out your inbox Mm. for best performance. The key being here, though, that mail should know about how to set up accounts. And sometimes it does other things, like if I'm running my Mac and I'm setting up, say, my MacBook Pro with a new operating system or something, you know what it does? It screws up all the email settings on that MacBook Pro. It doesn't sync them properly. Mm. So mail is brain dead. iCloud is brain dead. So I think... First, among everything, Apple needs to fix mail. The fundamentals, before you're adding annotation, all this other junk. Fix it. Let's go to messages, okay? Would you like to talk about messages, Johnny? The interesting thing is Apple Pay. Uh, The best rumor I've got for messages at the moment is the idea that I'll be able to give you $10 by sending you a message. I think that might be funny. People will use that. Okay, so my son says, Dad, send me $10. I said, Grayson, you're over 30 Send me $10. Your dad is very old. (laughs) He can work that way, too. (laughs) But we're looking at that. Messages. Now, up until, I don't know, maybe a year or so ago, with messages, it would support Facebook, which use a system called Jabber, which is kind of an open source system. And so I had no problem. Then Facebook says, we're not going to support Jabber anymore. Mm. You want to use Facebook messages, you've got to use a dedicated app. Now, Facebook Mm. doesn't, however, make a dedicated messaging app for the Mac. They make it for iOS. So I downloaded a third-party free app from the App Store. So I have one window open with messages, which is iCloud, Gmail, Jabber, AOL, AIM. All those systems, but not Facebook. So I have a Facebook app. Now, Mm. Facebook also owns another messaging app called WhatsApp. All right? Mm. I have no idea why. I'm not a big thing about WhatsApp, but people like it. It's very popular amongst the millennials. Younger people use it a lot. Grayson says that he uses it, but it's resource intensive. <laughs> it's a Facebook app. Sorry, it just slipped out. Well, that's it, too. He says it uses more data than he wants. He said, quote, only Facebook drains more battery life on my iPhone 
than WhatsApp. Oh, that's mm-hmm. even worse. And not coincidentally, these are the two apps I use on my phone the most. <laughs> so they're both resource intensive, the Facebook Messenger and the WhatsApp. All right. <laughs> now, the question I have here is Facebook owns WhatsApp. Why not allow each messaging system to integrate with the other? I doubt we're going to get an answer to that at WWDC. <laughs> Unless Apple licenses the technology from Facebook so you can get WhatsApp and Facebook messages on Apple's messages. I think that's unlikely. Unlikely, but I'd love to see it because right now I have three messaging apps open all the time. Mm. Messaging is another sort of, it's yet another sort of war, isn't it? I mean, if you think about the experience in in the APAC region, where there's a whole bunch more uh, uh, messaging protocols knocking around WeChat and so on, we don't necessarily get to experience where we are. And uh, uh, but you, if you look in a little bit more depth at some of those, again, I picked up a lot from Mary Mika's report last week, and uh, some of these messaging apps are packed with other additional features that it's kind of like they almost replace the browser. Um, and so, you know, it, it's kind of another land grab. And I think that's why Facebook have been so aggressive, really, in trying to migrate uh, Facebook users to a dedicated messaging apps. There's two, as you say, of various kinds, uh, because ultimately it becomes down to creating another closed church in which you get to use their service. Mm. More to come about messaging with Johnny Evans. I'm Gene Steinberger in the Tech Night Out Live. For listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. Whether it's personal mail, whether it's business email, you want reliable, dependable delivery, freedom from spam, freedom from viruses. Well, Polaris Mail offers professional email hosting services for your personal or small business use. Each account uses 25 gigabytes of storage, an easy-to-use webmail interface, and full mobile sync. Sign up today for a 30-day free trial at PolarisMail.com, PolarisMail.com. Hunters, anglers, campers, and survivalists, get back to nature. Expand your horizons with the highest quality, most versatile, unique slingshots and sling bows on the market at slingbow.com. Slingbow products are compact and models start from just $17.98. They're perfect for your bug out bag or storing in your vehicle. Give yourself and your loved ones the excitement and tradition of Slingbow, a new frontier in archery and truly modern twist on this primitive survival tool. Feel the thrill only at slingbow.com. Worried about lead, fluoride, and other contaminants in your drinking water? Get a ProPure with the Pro1G 2.0 cleanable reusable filter and remove up to 200 contaminants. Drink water the way nature meant it to be. Clean, crisp, and refreshing. See the complete line of ProPure products, including the new ProMax shower filter. There's a ProPure for you. Visit your authorized ProPure dealer for details or ProPureUSA.com. That's P-R-O-P-U-R-U-S-A dot
Paid non-attorney spokesperson Adam Pulaski of the Pulaski Law Firm with principal office in Houston, Texas is the attorney responsible for the content of this ad. This ad is not legal advice and the choice of a lawyer should not be based solely upon advertisement. Services may not be available in all states. Attention Zarelto users. If you or a loved one took Zarelto and suffered a serious bleeding event, you may be entitled to financial compensation. Zarelto is a popular prescription blood thinner used to prevent blood clots and protect patients from strokes. These serious bleeding events have led to numerous cases of hospitalization and even death. Phone lines are open 24-7. Call 800-261-0937. That's 800-261-0937. My name is Don Wiskin. In 1994, I lost my 62-year-old father to complications of bypass surgery. In 1977, my 44-year-old brother was found dead in his apartment. He suffered a heart attack. In January of 98, my mother had a stroke and passed away in her bed. 21 days later, my 53-year-old brother passed away on his arrival to the hospital. He waited too long. In June that same year, I almost joined them at 42. What did I do? I took a seven-herb formula I now call Extendivite made from garlic, cayenne, bilberry, ginkgo biloba, hawthorn, milk thistle, and valerian. Based on German studies of natural medicine, Extendivite is designed to clear blocked arteries, clean the toxins from your blood, and improve your immune system. To get your Extendivite, call 1-877-928-8822. That's 1-877-928-8822. Or visit our website, heartdrop.com. Extend your life with Extendivite. My dad was 59 when he collapsed from a heart attack late last year. Just this past August was when we spread his ashes on the St. Croix River. I loved my dad. But boy, was he stubborn. He hadn't been to the doctor in over 25 years. His excuse? He simply couldn't afford it. He wasn't a rich man by any means. At less than $107 per month, libertyoncall.org would have been the perfect alternative for my father. Don't wait. Go to libertyoncall.org right now for not just your sake, but for the sake of your loved ones. Again, that's libertyoncall.org. What's going to happen next? You never know when you're listening to the Tech Night Owl live with Gene Steinberg. So as we persist here and continue with Johnny Evans, the Apple, Mac, iOS-aholic, the iPhone-aholic, the aholic-aholic, whatever he is, He's a good guy, and we're talking about messaging and the fact that each company wants to lock you into their ecosystem. So Facebook wants you to use their stuff so you see whatever they're trying to do. Apple wants to lock you into their thing. I guess Google wants to lock you into something, too, which is a place where they can just look at your eyeballs, see what you like, and sell it to somebody. Whatever it be, I want to tell you one more thing. We have a special version of the show that's commercial-free that you can get. And all you have to do is subscribe to Tech Night Owl Plus. Go to plus.technightowl.com, P-L-U-S dot You'll learn more there on how things work. So the lock-in. Now, I mean, with messaging, doesn't that just confuse everybody? Oh, I got an account on this messaging system. So you download that app. And then the next friend or relative says, I use WhatsApp. And the next one uses Facebook. And this uses that. It's just driving people crazy as far as I'm concerned. You mentioned Jabber, and that's one of the great things about Jabber, is if I remember it correctly, that was the wonderful little app which uh, somehow managed to magically support every single messaging protocol. So you could just go into Jabber and talk to everyone, which was kind of useful. Maybe that's just too simple. (laughs) Right. We don't need simplicity. Let's make it complicated, especially on a 
mobile device. You see, it's one thing with a 27-inch iMac, and I stick out with Facebook Messenger. It's not really Facebook. It's the faux Facebook Messenger, another system that uses that, another app. And then I have a WhatsApp, and then I have Apple Messages. And the WhatsApp is even worse because it doesn't work by itself. It requires a link to your smartphone. So the smartphone has to be running the WhatsApp. It then has to link to that. And then it uses one of these QR codes where you have to take a picture of this gibberish and then it (laughs) makes the connection. How boring. (laughs) It just is, isn't it? It's just like, why? Why? Why make it so difficult? All you're trying to do is message a friend or a contact. Or useless, ridiculous code system that nobody needs, but we put it there anyway to drive you nuts. It's, it's all about identity, but you kind of, it's always you've got some kind of, if you've got a, there you go right back to the Apple Watch, and if you've got a biometric mechanism of some kind, then that kind of thing can disappear. You don't sort of need those slightly more clunky uh, relationships that get in the way between what you're trying to do with whatever you're using. You don't necessarily want to have to go through three different dialogues before you get to use an app to do something, particularly on a mobile device. Like you say, you know, you have one dialogue where you find the app, you have another where you open it, you have another where you log in, then you have yet another one while you try and find the contact you're trying to contact, or you ask Siri, who's now super smart. How can you reduce the friction of that? I don't think a QR code is reducing anybody's friction, is it? It's just another step that makes it confusing. Mm. And that kind of, you know, the, the quest for simplicity has to always be at the center of it all. I mean, we, we, we know that there's a good business to be had in terms of trying to help people get through the complexities of dealing with technology in a modern age. Equally, we know that some of the reasons people give in, to celebrate technology is the way it's meant to make things simple or more productive. Um, you can't have it both ways. People who create these systems have to focus on making it simple. You have to focus on that because not everybody in the world who is using technology and everybody in the world will be using technology because that appears to be the direction of travel. Not everybody wants to get good at that. People want to be able to just do it. They don't want to think too much about what a QR code is or whether, you know, <laughs> whether, whether which, which messaging system they're using or how everything talks to each other. Neither do people, I think, necessarily want to be locked into platforms, but that's another story. Yes, but Facebook doesn't know that. Mm. Well, Facebook is a, it has its own special charm, I think. It's, it's a, it's a, they, we, we've looked at their apps before, haven't we? We know how much they uh, swallow processor power and battery power, and we know how kind of locked in you become in a Facebook environment. How can you can't export your identity, can you? So everything you've done is now, the more you've invested your digital time into into your facebook relationships which makes it quite difficult for you to migrate to another system um e-l-l-o popped up as a potential other system didn't it last year or the year before it never really went anywhere they're still struggling to be there all, all of this thing is it's a it's an expression digital imperialism really it's it's <laughs> creating creating whole new tribes and then trying to find profit in them i still kind of favor apple's model because i feel a bit freer and my life is a little bit simpler when, when I'm in it, but uh, you know, it's like I said before. What, do you remember the internet? <laughs> it was a, a place where you had freedoms, and, and these days you keep coming across walls you didn't expect to find. Well, that goes back to the original anti AOL argument. Mm. AOL is a wall, 
Why do you want this carefully curated version of the internet? Why don't you want the real thing? And nowadays we do, because AOL, although there are still a few million people out there who pay monthly fees to AOL, it's mostly the web portal, which is now owned by Verizon. Don't ask me to explain this. It makes no (laughs) sense. But we see this. It's like going back in time and confusing people. And I hope Apple is thinking about that. Maybe there'll be something at WWDC with messages. And maybe they'll fix the things in mail after, what, 15, 20 years of mail from the next days. So what do you think Apple's going to add to OS X or Mac OS or whomever? One thing I think might be interesting if it happens is uh, uh, something I've seen posited, iCloud voice, voicemail. If you If using messages or using any Apple technology you could leave a message for other people in the iCloud then that would be quite interesting wouldn't it because it would enable you to access all your voicemails from any device i think that might be funny so Um, it's like getting your visual voicemail yeah kind of but you could get it anywhere right and um and proactive i think will get smarter but that's kind of map kits is, is probably going to be more interesting to people, I think. Um, and developments of Swift, which I don't follow closely enough, but I think should enable um, faster, quicker deployments of interesting and high, you know, highly graphical um, d- digital experiences, which would be good. Um, and will we see the Street View? Rumored, this rumored street view appear. Um, we know that Apple's cars have been driving around big cities all over the world for the last year or two. Um, when are we going to start seeing that? Well, you want to see this horrible place I'm living in? <laughs> so you claim. <laughs> How are the dogs? Well, the dogs are quiet, and therefore Teddy Bear is quiet. So I am not saying anything right now. <laughs> I'm quite pleased that they're both behaving themselves. But really, what else should Apple do? Now, I think they need to work on the open save dialogues because for over 15 years, probably 20 years now, We've had default folder, which is default folder 10 now, from John Goto of St. Clair Software. It has such simple features as rebounds. So you open the dialog and it rebounds to the last file you open, that kind of thing. You can set default folders for everything. Well, every time you bring up open, you get this particular folder in this particular app, that kind of thing. Why hasn't Apple purchased this app? They got other ideas? Are you there? Do you use default folder or not? No, I just use I just use straight Mac. Okay. But there used to be a utility called Boomerang back in the 80s and 90s, and then Super Boomerang, which was kind of sort of the same thing. But when OS X came out, they had long since given up development of it. But okay, maybe you don't care about that. What do you want to see in Mac OS that we don't have? <laughs> I completely agree with you that one thing I would like to see is a mail you didn't have to nursemaid quite so much. I'd really like that. I'm sick of mail hanging. I get angry. I get, I get frustrated that it is complex to set up new email packages, particularly from your own server. That's the worst. Uh, you know, I think, I think that's, that's difficult. However, one area I think people aren't paying much attention to is the notion of putting more WebRTC support and more IPv6 support into, inside Safari, which I think will open up other opportunities to go, <laughs> as history keeps going around on itself, um, uh, more web-based, more browser-based um, 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 applications and digital experiences, which I think I've said three times in this conversation, which sadly, I don't know where I picked it up from. It's like a virus, buzzwords. <laughs> 
Let me tell you something here about IPv6. We should talk yeah. about this a little bit because I think most so, people, most people, when they hear that term, their eyes glaze over. Now I know that the ISP I use, Cox, supports both. How do I know? Because if I do a what's my IP, it shows me the normal IPv4 IP number, and that shows me the IPv6 number, which has many more digits, as totally inscrutable. If you thought the other was inscrutable, you look at that one. We have the non-inscrutable Johnny Evans with Gene Steinberg on the Tech Night Now Live. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that too in Graphic Converter. Also print catalogs. Convert from so many formats, I can't even list them. Download now to see if Graphic Converter is good for you, like one and a half million other users. Guess what? You could save money when you buy Graphic Converter. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL to get a special price for Graphic Converter. Go to LemkeSoft.com. That's L-E-M-K-E-Soft.com. LemkeSoft.com. L-E-M-K-E-Soft.com. Water is the single most important thing your body needs, so you want to be sure it's the best for you and your family. Since 2005, thousands have depended on Berkey Purified Water. The Berkey Guy provides the lowest priced filtration systems in every size. For incredibly delicious water now and in an emergency, get to GoBerkey.com or call 877-886-3653. 877-886-3653. GoBerkey.com. The best kept secret in the firearms business is CDNNSports.com. CDNN Sports is the largest firearms liquidator in the U.S. We've got optics, accessories, gun parts, magazines, ammunition, and more. Sign up for our email specials today for the best gun deals, period. You will also be entered to win a Winchester 101 field shotgun. Go to Charlie, Delta, November, NovemberSports.com. That's CDNNSports.com. Welcome back to the Tech Night Owl Live, where you never know what's going to happen next. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. On the Tech Night Owl Live, we continue with Johnny Evans, Appleholic, Macaholic, iOSaholic, Aholicaholic. I think he's really resenting me now, and maybe he'll never come back. But do you understand the IPv6 conundrum? What does that mean to people? Um, we've only got 4.3 billion IPv4 addresses. With IPv6, we've got 340 undecillion, like just many, many more. To make sense of it, imagine when all the devices in your house need their own IP address. There's things you can do, of course, but you know, uh, we run out of IP addresses. Then how does everything talk together? 
IPv6 is the solution to that. It, it gives us a bit more space in which to enable different things to connect and many, many more things to connect. And that's essentially, that's, that's, that's why it was invented. Now, I'm looking right now at what's my IP for where I am now. The public IP address, which I will not read to you, has <laughs> 30 characters in it. Yeah, man. So I've migrated to IPv6. My sites support it, but we don't use it. So we understand here the first thing is nobody out there will remember this. They might remember their regular IP number, okay? Because it's four sets of numbers. But this, forget it. Mm. It's it's going to be an increasingly big deal, but I think we're I think I think most of the time we're not going to know about it, and we're going to see IPv6 numbers pop up in connected internet devices. You know, Internet of Things stuff. Um, once they figure out how to put better security in there before they ship them, <laughs> and um, that's that's where you really see it happening. I I, I I I can't imagine that we're going to get to a point where we're going to need to put a 25 or 36 digit ipv6 addresses just to set up our own mail account in future all right Um, let me give you this one from cox communications it's their host name the ipv6 2600 colon 8800 colon 2200 colon f0 colon b5a9 colon 3857 colon b91e colon 7b78 that's for Cox Communications. That's just um, one of the nicest things you've ever said to me, Gene. <laughs> it, it, exactly. Why? It, it's, we, we, we talked about simplicity earlier, didn't we? So I don't think that for most people we'll need to interact that way. And yet, if those interactions aren't taking place, lots of the things we hope to do won't be happening at all. And that's, that's why IPv6 is important. All right. By the way, I wanted to ask you here, Tony Fidel, the father of the iPad, one of the creators of the original iPhone, and of course the CEO of Nest, which is this company Mm. that makes smoke detectors and thermostats. The company was purchased by Google a couple of years Mm. back, had some problems. He left. Any significance of that? I don't know if there's any significance in the Apple world. Um, It's, I think, quite common isn't it for highly talented executives to go to a company like google and find in the long run that it doesn't work out um i think i think nest was a great idea i think nest secure i think i think so many of the first generation of internet of things devices fell down because they hadn't figured out the security and information sharing model correctly yet um i'm not sure if that's happened yet i have heard some people report that Apple has some plan to sort of do a, a, a dedicated home kit app, um, which makes sense because you, you need, you need a, a, some way to control connected devices. But until security and information sharing questions are properly solved, Internet of Things devices aren't really going to work out. Now, I have to tell you the $35 thermostat we have, Mm. I have no problem with it. I set the temperature, and there it is. Some let you set two temperatures, like in the evening, it's one temperature. During the day, when maybe you are at work, it sets another temperature. So in the winter, it's going to be a little bit cooler, use less power. In the summer, a little bit hotter. Therefore, the air conditioner doesn't work as hard. Less power, and you pay less. That's about it. 
and others are more dynamic about the needs. But I don't know that I need some supercomputerized thermostat. A smoke detector, well, you know, if you have a house or household alarm system, that's one thing. Otherwise, the $15 device you get at Walmart, it detects smoke, it detects fire, and it makes a loud noise. Isn't that enough? It's um, it's not just you you who who decides this though. I mean, you you think about the notion of smart metering, um, and the way that electricity companies, gas companies, water companies worldwide are trying to shift people to adopt smart meters. In some cases, the utility uh, it, it kind of like installs them themselves. Sometimes they ask you to pay, but these devices are all connected too. Um, and you know, it's a as a reporter came across. Uh, this, in some cases, these have been known to explode and catch fire <laughs> and uh, and that's that's quite rare um but those are connected devices too so you know why why are the why why is one of the problems with the first generation of those connected devices sorry i lost my thread one of the problems with the first generation or first couple of generations of those smart meters was that they weren't actually very smart they couldn't be upgraded they couldn't take a software patch and they've been designed poorly so they may have actually come in with security and password and authentication problems of their own um, problems they didn't anticipate it included uh, uh, situations in which third parties hack into smart grid systems both to cause damage to the smart grid and also to uh, uh, figure out when people were home or when they're not home. So those sort of questions are, are part of what we must think about when discussing the Internet of Things too, because those smart meters are connected devices. That's interesting, of course, if you could actually have that kind of granular control of your power habits from your Mac or even maybe using an Apple TV because they could all talk to each other so you could see how much power you're using at any one time, get a visual a picture of which of your which of the objects in your home were using too much power and maybe even over time be able to get information to say which of the objects in your home or in your extended life were showing signs which said they may need actual repair soon um those those sort of things will will be where we see it, it, it happening it's it's kind of like mm, maybe not so much the thermostat because what a thermostat does is quite a simple thing isn't it really it's hot it's cold um but but in in other ways in which connected devices can work together to enable us to have better control over some things that matter. Uh, and that's the crux of it, isn't it? People throw solutions at the wall, but the solution has to be for a problem that matters, right? Yes, but I think adding intelligent features to standard household appliances become a little absurd. Do I need an intelligent refrigerator? <laughs> you know, do I need that? Or maybe I have a special compartment where it defrosts the chicken or the hamburger at a specific time. Otherwise, who cares? What about a washing machine? I think what's on the washing machine, and I have a pretty cheap one here, folks. It was acquired, used by the landlord. So I assure you it's a cheap one. But it works. We set it, it cleans the clothing, we throw it in the dryer, it works. The dishwasher, do we need all that intelligence? Isn't that seeking a purpose for something we really don't need? <laughs> I mean, I guess ultimately... If Apple's HomeKit really becomes successful, and right now I don't know anybody who's using it, if it becomes successful, every appliance in your home will be linked by the system. So I guess you'll make the TV dinner on time with your toaster oven, or it will thaw the turkey, or you'll be able to start your turkey dinner, everything's in the oven, and an hour from now it's going to go on, the temperature will change depending on the readings, it will know when your turkey is ready 
or when your chicken is ready, that sort of thing. So I suppose there are areas of intelligence that may help you, but I think it's forcing the issue. We're forcing these systems to do things that they could do theoretically once all the problems are worked out. But do we need them? Mm. Do we need the home of 2050 doing everything for you? Well, I could see maybe the autonomous car. I could see being driven somewhere because there will be a point in my life where I might be too old to drive. This happens to everybody. And I live in an area where you have to have some sort of car. You can't just have a go-kart or something. And I could see where an autonomous driving system or a Johnny Cab would work. Remember Johnny Cab from <laughs> Total Recall? We've got Johnny Evans, not Johnny Cab. Oh. Joining us on the Tech Night Out Live, more to come. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's The Coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors. Find out more at rockoids.com. That's rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Have you checked your Google search results lately? Search results are usually the first impression that people form of you or your business. So make sure that they create a positive impression with ReputationDefender.com. What the Internet says about you can have a big impact on your life and your livelihood, even if it's not true. Fortunately, you can now control how you look online and in online search results with ReputationDefender.com. Call 800-831-0771 now. That's 800-831-0771 for your free reputation. Reputation analysis. If you have negative material from an ex-employee, upset patient, or former client, newspaper article, legal issue, social media, or other source showing up in your search results, you can combat it with ReputationDefender.com. Our dedicated experts in patented technology can help make your online search results look their best. Call 800-831-0771 to learn more. 800-831-0771. That's 800-831-0771. Or visit ReputationDefender.com. By now you know that wireless technology like cell phones do in fact pose dangers to the health and privacy of everyone. Blockit Pocket's wide range of products are unmatched in providing the protection you deserve. No scare tactics, just common sense. BlockitPocket.com offers quality American-made options to alleviate and eliminate these invisible dangers. Learn more at BlockitPocket.com or call 888-315-9618. BlockitPocket.com, enhancing health and privacy. Did you know a dirty CPAP system can make you sick? If you knew what could be growing in your mask and hose, you might not sleep so well. But now, SoClean.com has released the world's first and only automated CPAP cleaner and sanitizer. 
It kills 99.9% of all CPAP germs, and it's completely hands-free. For a limited time, you can try SoClean risk-free for 30 days. Just call 1-800-941-9796. SoClean changed the CPAP experience for the better. My health has improved. It's simple to use, and I'm not worried about infections. SoClean destroys CPAP bacteria, viruses, and germs, and it eliminates the daily hassle of washing your system by hand. There's no water, chemicals, or disassembly. Just pop in your mask, close the lid, and presto, your CPAP system is clean and fresh in minutes. Call SoClean.com to try it risk-free at home for 30 days. This is a limited-time offer only available by calling 1-800-941-9796. That's 1-800-941-9796. There's nothing more enticing and intoxicating than the finest meat cooking on an open flame. Freeze-dried meat from NewHarvest.com is U.S. grown, 100% all-natural with no extra fillers. Just grass-fed beef and free-range chicken guaranteed to stay fresh and delicious. Add New Harvest freeze-dried meats to your current food storage. You'll buy direct from the factory, not a third party, ensuring the best price and the highest quality. See all our products at NewHarvestFoods.com. That's NewHarvestFoods.com. We'd like to hear from you. If you have any thoughts or comments about the Tech Night Owl Live, please get in touch at news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. Looking for past episodes? We've got hundreds at technightowl.com slash radio. That's technightowl.com slash radio. Or subscribe on iTunes. All right, so we're, I'm talking about ways of automating your home, ways of automating your car. But other than the car, do we need the rest? I think there's some case for automating equipment around your home. But you have to think, do you need to have an intelligent fridge or do you just need to have an intelligent power grid so you can switch your fridge off and on? Or do you, well, maybe that's the wrong example, a microwave. You know, there are some situations in which it might be useful to have that kind of control. I think the most useful situation has to be in terms of being able to control your own power consumption, particularly as electricity and power become even more expensive commodities. People are going to be quite keen on things like that. On the one hand, they expect manufacturers to produce increasingly environmentally friendly machinery that doesn't suck the earth dry. And on the other, they want to be able to be in control of their actual spending. And at the moment, you know, when you plug things into your electric, your electric grid in your house, you don't know how much they really cost to run unless you've done the figures. You know, when you try to do the figures for that lamp over there, you might be surprised, but it's going to be hard to get the original data. So that kind of thing, I can see that being useful. But as you said, why do you want your fridge to order the milk when you run out? Can't you just go to the shop? Sometimes, you know, I think some of the questions that are being asked are not necessarily as useful as others. It's also interesting, isn't it? There was only a year or so ago that uh, people suddenly discovered that Nest was collecting information about people's habits and sending it to Google with, without them knowing. I think that may have been a bit of a, bit of a no-no too. Well, we only have a few minutes left here before we have to send you back to wherever you came from. <laughs> I'm right. going to where you are next week. I'm, uh, I'm, in, I'm in WWDC next week. So. Oh, you're we'll going to San Francisco. I am indeed. You'll have flowers in your hair. <laughs> I'll need to get some hair first. <laughs> On the way back, stop over in Phoenix and we'll do lunch. <laughs> Sounds lovely. <laughs> but it won't happen, folks. I mean, no one wants to have lunch with me. That's got to be something. Oh. <laughs> I don't believe it. All right. Apple car autonomous vehicles. 
They're saying 2020. What do you say? 2020 is the year when we're going to start seeing more autonomous vehicles on the roads. I'm relatively certain of that. It could slip by a year or two, and it may or may not include Apple, but certainly 2020 is when everything I've been reading, writing, and learning over the last three years says that 2020 looks like it's going to be one of those inflection point years when we're going to start to see these things happen. I don't necessarily expect to see a fully autonomous car on on people's roads by 2020, but we're certainly going to see semi-autonomous cars. I think that's where it will start, to be honest. Um, I think where you might see autonomous cars come in first, once again talking about usage cases, will be for ferrying older people around, for ferrying uh, people who are suffering mobility problems around, or maybe for people who just don't drive. I can really, really imagine autonomous vehicles competing with Uber and traditional taxis. This worries me because, of course, people's jobs are on the line there, but I can see it happening, you know? And I think that people should be prepared for that. The reason 2020 seems to be such a key point, for example, in Europe, is that that's when every car on, or that's sold, every new car, will be expected to have a built-in embedded SIM. Um, and of course, as everyone recognises now, the nature of connected devices, it's pretty much just about a network, right? It, as long as you've got a network to connect it all, then they're connected. If there's no network, then nothing's connected. So what if you're really out in the wilderness here? Yeah. And there's no connection. You can't get your satellite yeah. signal. You, what happens then? Does your car just stop? Yeah. Does your car just stop? What happens the other day? Uh, some, I don't know if this is true or false, but a Tesla had a crash, didn't it? Uh, it was a semi-autonomous Tesla, and the driver is trying to blame the car. There's a whole host of different unanswered questions, which we just don't know how it's going to go yet. Um, who is responsible if there's a traffic accident, if you're in an autonomous car? Is it you or your car? If it's you, then you can be sued. If it's your car, then it's your manufacturer. How's that going to work? What's the insurance? What's, how does that work? I don't know yet. I think at the <laughs> end of the day, there is going to be a certain level of liability on the part of the end user. Mm. Because if that car has manual controls, you assume the end user would be able to access those manual controls in case of an emergency. Mm. So the end user, there would have to be some kind of shared responsibility, I think. But this is very difficult because you have in the United States, you have the federal government, the individual states, cities. They all want to get into the act because, you know, you have one political party that believes in states' rights. So they have to have 50 different regulations for autonomous cars, which means your car may work perfectly in California and you go over the border to Arizona, all bets are off. You know, as soon as you get over the border, what you did is illegal. Mm. So there has to be consistency. What about European Union or each individual country? Mm. Because UK wants to quite often go its own way. How do you solve this? But also, how do you embed fuzzy logic on a computerized driving system? Because it will do logical things that make sense, but then we have humans that will do anything and it has to anticipate them. How intelligent are smart machines? How smart will the smart car be? Those sort of things. It has so, to be smart enough to be dumb. And so that's why I think 2020 might be a bit early to expect fully autonomous cars, but semi-autonomous vehicles will become much more popular there, I believe. Yes, for sure. That I'm really at is. an age where the state of Arizona insists that I take an eye test and renew my driver's license every five years. That doesn't happen until you reach 65, and I won't tell you my age. Mm. But I'm at the point where I have to do it every five years because they have to determine that my eyes are good enough, not just the vision like 2040, which is the minimum, but having peripheral vision, that sort of thing. It doesn't mean I can still drive. 
but they're taking at least one step. I can see, like I said, the possibility here that I might be in a position where I need autonomous driving. Maybe not by 2020, maybe by 2025 if I'm still here. So that is a point there where it's going to happen. Do you think the Apple car is going to happen, whether it's autonomous or not? I'm getting more and more convinced that something's going on. It just, it just feels like it. It just feels like a true thing, and uh, and so you know, yes, I'm 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 convinced they're up to something. Um, how it will shape up is so debatable. We've mentioned all the different problems that this this whole sector brings with it. Anybody who rushes this to market may be making a big mistake. It's got to be done properly. It's got to be harmonised. It's got to it's got to be intelligent enough not to kill people. You know, um, it's a big deal. But ultimately, it will be an interesting. An interesting device. Can you imagine just be able to sit in your car, do your work, and actually not go to the office? Why would you bother? <laughs> yeah, that's how it will be. Well, my office is in my home. Mm. I don't have to bother, but I don't want to be lazy. I mean, every so often I'll get up, I'll take a walk around, and this chair is failing, so I really have no choice. <laughs> I think keeping dogs helps as well gets you out in the countryside being healthy and you can take you and the dogs in the car in your apple car sit there working all the way jump out in a beautiful beautiful forest which you probably wouldn't have got to otherwise having worked for five hours be somewhere wonderful and that that sort of thing it can open up the world for you it could conceivably open up the world for you i quite like the idea I do like the idea. I do look at some of the watch straps now and think, what would they be like if they were um, um, a seat material? <laughs> you know. Johnny Evans, please tell our listeners where we can find more of your stuff. You can find me on Computer World. I hope you come and see me. It will be good to, um, I look forward to meeting you, your readers. Thank you very much. Enjoy your trip to America, Johnny Evans. Thanks for joining us on the Tech Night okay. Out Live. Thanks for the opportunity, June. Take care. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. This is Dan Pilla. Do you owe the IRS money you can't pay? Are tax debts crippling you? I've defended people from the IRS for over 30 years. I've helped thousands and I can help you too. I wrote the book on IRS settlement and I'm telling you, there's no such thing as a hopeless case. Call 800-34-NO-TAX to finally get free of IRS debt. With the IRS's new programs, there's never been a better time to solve your problem. Call 800-34-NO-TAX. That's 800-34-NO-TAX or my website, danpilla.com. This is Rick Osick, president of Famous Footwear. Our company is working together with the March of Dimes through March for Babies to raise money and awareness about the serious problem of premature birth in the U.S. As a business leader, I know that babies born very sick or too soon cost businesses billions of dollars each year, in addition to the emotional stress on employees and their families. That's why Famous Footwear is committed to raising funds to improve the health of moms and babies everywhere. Won't you please join us in the March for Babies? Start a team today at marchforbabies.org. Fresh Liquid Way was so valuable to the improvement of health that in the 1800s, there were 160 spas set up in Germany, Switzerland, and Austria to dispense fresh liquid whey to the sick and aged. The results were restored health and a return of youth. 
Fresh liquid whey supplies the most easily digested of all proteins and ranks higher in protein value than the egg. Unfortunately, the current methods of processing whey causes proteins to twist, fold, and become denatured. This makes them non-functional in the body. Like a lock and key, proteins do not work in the body unless they retain the shape that nature gave them. We at Synergistic Nutrition believe that our technological enhancements restore the protein structures of our whey to the shapes that nature originally gave them. The results that One World Whey has generated for so many over several years now testifies that One World Whey is producing very positive results. For a limited time, One or more of the flavors or sizes of One World Way are on sale. Call 888-988-3325 or visit OneWorldWay.com. That's OneWorldWhey.com. Are you worried about your mom or dad living alone in their house? Hi, I'm Joan London. Listen, I know how difficult it is to find senior care for someone you love. That's why I recommend a free service called A Place for Mom. They are the nation's largest senior living referral service. Call a place for mom today. To receive free information on senior living communities in your area, call a place for mom at 1-800-704-6182. A place for mom offers free one-on-one advice from local advisors and a personalized list of senior living communities you can visit. If you have questions about senior care for your mom or dad, there's a place for answers, a place for mom. Call a place for mom in the next 10 minutes to get your free ebook on financing senior care as well as free information on senior living communities in your area. Call 1 800 704 6182. That's 1 800 704 6182. My computer is so slow, it's making me crazy. I used to have that problem. Did you quit using a computer, or did you buy a new one? No, I called Geeks on Site. They made an appointment to visit my home and showed up the same day. You mean they didn't ask you to bring your computer to a shop? That's what happened when I called a support company. Geeks on Site can go to your home or business or even repair your computer online. They have 24-7 emergency service. If you are having problems with your PC or Mac, call Geeks on Site. 1-800-591-1682. Our friendly certified computer repair experts are available 24-7. Call now for a free diagnosis, 1-800-591-1682. Data recovery, virus removal, and maintenance for all laptops, desktops, printers, and networks. That's Geeks on Site for friendly certified computer repair experts, available 24-7 over the phone or in your home or business. Just call 1-800-591-1682. That's 1-800-591-1682. 1-800-591-1682. 1682. You never know what's going to happen next while listening to the Tech Night Isle live with Gene Steinberg. We welcome to the Tech Night Isle live Sean Ani. He works with Techno Buffalo. And we've had guests from that source before. It's an online web portal that covers technology. Sean, welcome to the Tech Night Out Live. Thank you for having me. The key issue here when we start to predict what Apple might do at any media event, especially a WWDC, when someone like you makes any speculation or estimate of the situation, what kind of sources do you mine? 
Well, there's all sorts of different sources, but the main one is that a lot of the stock analysts who have connections within what they call the the stream of people that provide products to Apple, you know, be it parts, be it processors or so on, they look at that, see what's happening with those companies. And then we also take a look at what is out of stock at Apple stores. Now, in the case of this particular event, I had heard that stocks of the Apple Thunderbird display, which is really old and really out of date, are running low. Does that mean they're going to come up with a new version? It has been quite a while since they've released a new version of the Thunderbolt display. And so the last version of the Thunderbolt display was only HD. And they've been putting 5K displays into their laptops, into their into their iMac. So it only makes sense that it's time to update the cinema display. So we expect then it will have a 5K display similar to what we have on the 5K iMac. Now, here's the question I have. If you want to use a 5K display on, say, a Mac Pro, you need two inputs, right? I believe you do. I'm not positive because I'm one of those people that I just use cheap displays (laughs) that I can find as cheap as possible on sale around Christmas. Uh, So I'm not actually positive on that. So there's another rumor here that says maybe Apple will embed a graphics card. So any Mac can drive this thing because it wouldn't have to have the right video hardware. In saying that, I suppose a PC could do it also. In theory, yes. We have been hearing that rumor about a graphics card being included. But as with all Apple rumors, you know, sometimes they shoot a little too high. And that does seem like quite a step up for any company to do that. Now, in covering this for a number of years, what was the worst error you've seen the media make about what Apple might do? Uh, I would say that's how many times we've reported, here comes the Apple television. Uh, That's been a rumor that we've been dealing with for as long as I've been in the industry. And it seems like before every single event, somebody comes out and goes, oh, it's definitely happening. And then it doesn't happen. Well, we certainly remember the TV, but a lot of that was inspired by the Walter Isaacson biography of Steve Jobs, where he said something about having developed this amazing interface that would solve the problem with TVs. And I kind of wonder if Steve Jobs is laughing from the other side, thinking how he spooked everybody with that comment. You, You have to wonder, because the rumor had existed before that book came out, and it started to die down a little bit, and then the book came out, and we all went, oh, well, okay, At this point, we're positive that there's at least a prototype floating around the Cupertino campus. But if we will ever see it in our homes, that's a totally different question. Quickly, before we move on to WWDC, the thing I see here is that TVs is a very troublesome business because it's very saturated. A lot of players, everybody moving to the bottom, We have people like Vizio that charge low-end prices with really good picture. Everyone moving to 4K or Ultra HD. In this environment, how would a company like Apple stand out? Because they want to make a profit from something. And very few players in the TV industry make big profits. That's exactly right. And that's been one of the the big question marks because, as you said, Apple loves to make a profit. And there's just 
too much competition, and we feel that's been a lot of the reason that they just cannot crack the code to figure out a pricing structure for this television. Apple doesn't do anything cheaply. You know, the, yes, they make very high quality products, but when you're standing in a Best Buy looking at a wall of televisions, and you do see a Vizio or you know any of the other quality makers that are out there, and then you see an Apple television for twice the price, you're going to end up going with the lower price television. Now, I have a four-year-old Vizio. It's a perfectly good set. Doesn't fail me. It holds on very well. I think people still keep their TVs eight or ten years. Yes. Now, maybe someday I'll get Ultra HD when there's something to watch in that format, but not until then. But this is not an Ultra HD discussion. Okay, Worldwide Developers Conference, looking at the tea leaves. The first thing I'm hearing is Apple is poised to rebrand OS X as Mac OS Partly because of the logic in consistent branding, also because a couple of Mac OS references are found in Apple documentation. Is that something they do just deliberately to get everybody talking? I don't know if it's deliberate, although you know, we've had discussions you know, in the back room of our office going, they've got to be doing this on purpose. Um, Apple is really, really good at controlling the news cycle in our industry and planning a hint here or there, we wouldn't put it past them. At this point, the the OS X name has been around for years, and it is feeling very aged, and it also does not fit in with the idea of the TV OS and the iOS. So changing the name to Mac OS makes sense, and there have been references found in documentation, as you said. So yeah, we feel that one is a pretty safe bet for Monday. And it's just a minor thing. They don't have to change a thing to change the branding. But The big story appears to be about Siri, and it references back to something we had in our previous discussion before you joined us with Johnny Evans of Computer World. Apple bought a company last year, Vocal IQ. So this would indicate voice recognition technology, Siri on steroids. What do you think? I think that's something that Apple's going to have to do. If you look at OK Google, you look at the Amazon Echo, you look at all that's happening in that space, even with Microsoft's Cortana, Siri, even though she was first to market, she feels very, very dated at this point. Even the way she speaks, she feels very stilted. You know, you have an Echo, and it's an unbelievable user experience. And now you've got Google also entering the home with Google Home, which is supposed to be out later this year. Uh, you know, it, it feels like they've got to do something with Siri so they aren't left in the dust. Now, that's the thing about Siri. I've talked to a number of people, and I'll say this myself. Siri is not always as accurate as it could be. And I see, for example, my wife, Barbara, and she has a very slight touch of a Brooklyn accent, but we've been out in Arizona for a number of years. She doesn't have much of it left anymore. And she'll say, Siri, set an alarm for 5 a.m., say. And this is on a recent iPad. And maybe 10, 15% of the time, Siri will confuse it and get something wrong. And, of course, she'll say something that nobody wants to hear on commercial radio. She's from Brooklyn, remember, folks. (laughs) Just bear that in mind. But the key here is that it's not helping to have Siri be so far behind the times and Apple needed to catch up. And the difference, of course, with Siri and a lot of these other products, like with Google, Siri's not grabbing stuff from you. It's not using you as the product. 
So because of privacy, there's a restriction in accuracy, right? Yes, that's correct. You know, there's been a lot of concern about how much information is being gathered from you. If you're using an Amazon Echo, if you go into the app that you can download to your phone, there's a complete record of everything you've said. With Siri, that isn't happening. So there's a bit more privacy feeling with Siri, but at the same time, you aren't overly anxious to use her because she, like the example you just gave, she's not that accurate. Now, I think the only example you have where Siri is accurate is that old TV commercial where Samuel L. Jackson asks Siri to do something. (laughs) Nobody says no to Samuel L. Jackson, whatever you think of him. And I like him. I think he's a great actor. Nobody ever says no to Samuel L. Jackson. We've got more to come with Sean Ani of Techno Buffalo on the Tech Night Out Live. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that too in Graphic Converter. Also, print catalogs convert from so many formats, I can't even list them. Download now to see if Graphic Converter is good for you, like one and a half million other users. Guess what? You could save money when you buy Graphic Converter. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL to get a special price for Graphic Converter. Go to LemkeSoft.com. That's L-E-M-K-E-Soft.com. LemkeSoft.com. L-E-M-K-E-Soft.com. You know about RVs, you've heard about bunkers, but surviving is not recreation, and man wasn't made to live underground. Introducing Survivalist Camps, the ultimate fully functional off-the-grid survival bug-out house that's mobile, well-equipped, and custom-built to outlast any other RV or trailer. Go to survivalistcamps.com to learn more. That's survivalistcamps.com, providing your basic needs to survive. Survivalistcamps.com. Water is the single most important thing your body needs, so you want to be sure it's the best for you and your family. Since 2005, thousands have depended on Berkey Purified Water. The Berkey Guy provides the lowest priced filtration systems in every size. For incredibly delicious water now and in an emergency, get to GoBerkey.com or call 877-886-3653. 877-886-3653. GoBerkey.com. Are your Google search results killing you? Unflattering content in blogs, news articles, online reviews, social media, or other sources can jeopardize your reputation, your business, and your livelihood. Let Reputation.com help. Our patented technology will make the truth about you more visible while pushing down unwanted negative content. Improve your Google search results. Call Reputation.com at 1-800-831-0771 for a free consultation. That's 800-831-0771. 
dangerous blood clot device alert. If you or a loved one had an IVC filter placed to prevent blood clots from traveling to your heart or lungs and suffered an injury, you may be entitled to substantial financial compensation. The FDA warns that IVC filters may cause serious complications, such as heart or lung damage, internal bleeding, and even death. These dangerous blood clot devices can break and the metal fragments can travel to your heart or lungs causing serious injuries. If you or a loved one suffered organ damage or other injuries from an IVC filter, you may be entitled to substantial financial compensation. Act now. Time is limited to file a claim. For a free consultation and free information, call Injury Help Desk at 800-478-1507. This is an advertisement. Paid non-attorney spokesperson. InjuryHelpDesk.com is responsible for this advertisement. Principal Office, Las Vegas, Nevada. We use mobile devices right against our bodies every day. But growing scientific evidence has emerged showing serious health risks associated with exposure to EMF radiation emitted from these devices. The solution is Defender Shield, the most effective mobile radiation shielding ever developed. Defender Shield blocks virtually 100% of EMF radiation from cell phones, tablets, and laptops and starts at just $64.99. Buy now at DefenderShield.com. For 10% off, use promo code GCN. DefenderShield.com, the worldwide leader in mobile radiation shielding. What are you listening to? The Tech Night Isle Live with Gene Steinberg. What's going to happen next? You never know. I'm Gene Steinberg on the Tech Night Isle Live. Let me remind you that we offer a commercial free version of this program. And it's very simple to get it. You have to sign up with Tech Night Owl Plus at plus.technightowl.com, plus.technightowl.com. The subscription rate is modest. You get a better show in the bargain. What can you lose? Sean Ani from Techno Buffalo is joining us. It's a web portal that's been around for several years. It monitors what's going on in the technology universe. We're speculating about the improvements in Siri that might come at the WWDC, partly because Apple bought better technology. In fact, Siri came from an acquisition. There was a company called Siri. Apple bought it, and this is what we have. I was thinking, though, and this went in with speculation that Johnny Evans was doing earlier, Sean, and that is maybe what Apple wants to do is license celebrity voices for Siri. And it's not easy. You know, to record those things, it takes like weeks to record all the things to make up a voice assistant. But imagine Samuel L. Jackson being the voice. I would use Siri a lot more if it was Samuel L. Jackson talking to me. Because you wouldn't dare disobey him. Exactly. Okay, but seriously speaking, you would assume then that in the works is a version of Siri that's more powerful. I, I would say without question. You know, we've also heard that they want to release a new version of the Apple TV, not the television set, but the little set-top box. We've heard that they want to release a version of that with Siri built into it to take on the Amazon Echo and the upcoming Google Home. So it seems that they are going to have to up the power of Siri to make that a reality. And this is the whole point about Apple. When Apple buys a company... It's almost always for a service or a technology. I think the rarity was Beats because they got the headphones. But they bought that for Apple Music technology. Now, there's also a story that Siri will come to macOS. 
I don't care. What do you think? I, I have to agree with you. I'm not that concerned about whether or not it's on my Mac. You know, that's definitely an answer if that does happen to the fact that Cortana is now baked into Windows 10. So, you know, they're probably going to do it just to keep up. But, you know, I have a Windows 10 computer at home. I've not once spoken to Cortana, and I don't feel I'm going to speak to Siri on a Mac. It's just not a situation where I feel the need to speak to my computer in that manner. Well, sometimes I want to tell my computer something. Yes. <laughs> but otherwise, I agree with you. As I was saying earlier in the show and in some of the articles I've written at technightowl.com, I find this a feature that may sound really nice. And Apple is doing it just for something to be a 10-pole feature, possibly because customers have clamored for it and some customers will use it. But imagine an office environment. I work in a home office. Do you also, Sean? Yes, I do. Okay. Now, it's all right if we talk to our computers, except maybe our significant others would think we're crazy, which is probably true for being in this business. But imagine yourself in a busy office, you're in a cubicle, and you say, Siri, do this, and then the next cubicle, someone says, Siri, do that, and the voices get commingled, and it gets very confusing. And Siri now is spitting fire. That's an excellent point, and you know that, that really that, that is a, a superb point because you know if you are in a cubicle situation and we start going to voice activation, it's going to get real easy. You know, all of a sudden you you've got a meeting scheduled that John in the next cubicle is actually going to be the one having. Yeah, that that's a really good point, and you know that's definitely not a situation where I would ever want to use it. You know, in my home, that's one thing. In a crowded office or imagine you're in say a starbucks and you're trying to speak to your computer that that's not something you're going to do either so how does apple make a justification for this what kind of case do they present they're going to sit there and they're going to say oh look at you know it's now so easy to schedule some an appointment on your calendar or coordinate with your family and the video they're going to show us up on the screen is going to be set in a home it's not going to be set out in a coffee shop they may try that but it's we're going to know the reality is it's not going to work that well. Do you really want to sit in a Starbucks and scream at your computer Siri three times for her to understand you? If you, by the way, scream at Siri three times, it turns into Beetlejuice. Ah, yes. I'd forgotten about that feature. <laughs> That's the Michael Keaton feature. He's been waiting. He's been sitting inside your computer. And if you say Siri, Siri, no, I'm not saying it a third time because I don't know what's coming out of my iPhone here. All right, Siri, okay, it's going to sound, gee whiz, okay, it's a feature in search of a purpose. But now next, what features does Apple, oh, Siri's starting to talk to me. What features does Apple add to macOS that are going to be compelling? It's really getting difficult, isn't it? It's getting very difficult. You know, I I, I have to say last year, the feature that got me the most excited I, in my situation, I used three monitors and they added the feature where you could shake your mouse and the cursor would grow in size so you could find it. That was the feature that got me excited, as sad as that is. And that's exactly right. I mean, Mac OS, there's a reason it's not changed much. It's been great for years. 
I really cannot think of one feature that I've been saying around going, man, I really wish they would add that. Now, one of the things I was mentioning in the other segment, I'd like to get your reaction. We have Apple Mail, which goes back to the next mail days, mm-hmm. the 90s. One of the earliest email applications was Apple Mail called Next Mail. Its ability to set up automatically email accounts that are not part of the the big groups like Outlook or Gmail or iCloud or AOL or Exchange, setting up a business account on there, it doesn't recognize even when there's something on your server settings that lets it auto-discover your settings, it doesn't recognize that. Thunderbird picks up that stuff. Yeah, I would agree with you. I, as someone who who lives and dies by email, yeah, I don't even use the mail app. And that, that's an excellent point. It's just, it feels very dated, and it is. And I'm not sure when they're ever going to focus on that and try to fix it. And I think that's why we've seen such a rise in popularity over the past few years of third-party email apps, because there are all these wonderful features, you know, for easier archiving, easier replying. And Apple has just sat around with the mail app going, yeah, it still works. They add gee whiz features sometimes. Rarely, but once in a blue moon. Right, the ability to use iCloud as an intermediary for large attachments. I like that. But what email app do you use? I, I'm i one of those oddballs that I just prefer going through the web interfaces because I've not found that one third-party email app that really grabs me. Now, we have a very nice internet email app called RoundCube, which is open source. We have it on all my sites. There's another app which has gotten a lot of play, AirMail. It's up to version 3 now. You get it for like $10 at the App Store. That's supposed to have features. I've tried Microsoft Outlook for the Mac. And you think Mail is bad about figuring out settings for an IMAP account. Outlook for the Mac does some pretty crazy things too. Yeah, it's amazing that it's such a basic feature of the internet is still seems so complicated to, to folks when they're building an app, you know, and you mentioned the paid for apps, you know, that's always made me nervous. And that, that's why I've pretty much stuck with the web interfaces is because, you know, before I go and lay down $10 on a mail app, how do I know I'm going to actually like it? And that that's always been my big concern with purchasing a mail app. Some of them may be great, but it may not be right for me. And then I'm out that money. I took a chance. I figured $10, I don't have any money anyway. So now I have $10 less. Exactly. <laughs> it still has some problems. I haven't gotten it set up yet. It has a way to import accounts from other services Unfortunately, you know, it's a little bit flaky. As I think all mail apps are, unfortunately. There's got to be something better. I remember Claris Emailer, which I like. Those are the days when I was using AOL and a couple of other places. I like that. And that technology kind of went to Microsoft when they got their email app. And some of the people who developed Claris Emailer went to Microsoft. But Microsoft hasn't fixed Outlook or its predecessor entourage in years. The things, the basics they don't do. They add features that maybe you don't need. 
But the ones you do, I don't know. Got more to come with Sean Ani from Techno Buffalo. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. You are listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's The Coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors. Find out more at rockoids.com. That's rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. If you want to get your website online and you need reliable service, first-class service at the lowest possible price, there's only one place to go. Well, DreamHost has a special promotion with our show where they'll offer you unlimited disk space, unlimited bandwidth, one-click web apps such as WordPress, 24-7 support. You can save over $55. You want to know how? Go to DreamHost.com radio. DreamHost.com radio. Worried about lead, fluoride, and other contaminants in your drinking water? Get a ProPure with the Pro1G 2.0 cleanable reusable filter and remove up to 200 contaminants. Drink water the way nature meant it to be. Clean, crisp, and refreshing. See the complete line of ProPure products, including the new ProMax shower filter. There's a ProPure for you. Visit your authorized ProPure dealer for details or ProPureUSA.com. That's P-R-O-P-U-R-U-S-A.com. Paid non-attorney spokesperson, Adam Pulaski of the Pulaski Law Firm with principal office in Houston, Texas, is the attorney responsible for the content of this ad. This ad is not legal advice, and the choice of a lawyer should not be based solely upon advertisement. Services may not be available in all states. Attention Zarelto users. If you or a loved one took Zarelto and suffered a serious bleeding event, you may be entitled to financial compensation. Zarelto is a popular prescription blood thinner used to prevent blood clots and protect patients from strokes. These serious bleeding events have led to numerous cases of hospitalization and even death. Phone lines are open 24-7. Call 800-261-0937. That's 800-261-0937. Welcome back to the Tech Night Owl Live, where you never know what's going to happen next. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. On the Tech Night Owl Live, we have Sean Ani from Techno Buffalo. So for Mac OS, we don't expect that mail is going to change in any meaningful way. What about messages? Messages, I think, is going to get some upgrades uh, simply because, you know, encryption is becoming a more and more important feature to people. And Apple's been really focusing on encryption lately and trying to make you feel as secure as possible in using their products. And so we are expecting a few, few updates to messages. Well, maybe encryption like they're doing with WhatsApp. Speaking of which... I was mentioning this before, and I'll give you a briefing so we don't have our listeners get crazy from hearing the same thing. So on my desktop, on my Mac, I've got an app for WhatsApp, which requires a linkage to your smartphone with a GR code to have them link. Then I've got a Facebook messaging app not from facebook i don't think there is one a third party then i've got apple's messages and apple's messages works with aol aim and icloud 
and Google and, and Jabber. Now, you might remember this, Sean. Facebook killed Jabber support, so a lot of these apps wouldn't work with it. Do you yes. feel the same concerns that I do, that you need to have all these messaging systems because the people you're in touch with have their own priorities, but suddenly you've got to set up a lot of apps? I do. You know, on my screen right now, I've got, you know, messages open. I've got Skype open. I've got Slack, which is, you know, a a business communication system. I've stayed away from WhatsApp, not because I dislike it, simply because I don't want to run any more messages on my system. You know, it's crazy. And you would think that somebody would be able to bring all this together. You know, I don't want to download Facebook Messenger. I want to be able to use it in a different system so I don't have to have all these different programs running. So if there was a wish list, and this is mine, I think you agree with me. Apple contacts Facebook and says, we've got to work together. Let's have technology for Facebook Messenger and WhatsApp. Put them in one app, make it easy for the customers. It doesn't mean they don't sign up for WhatsApp, but on the Mac desktop, make it simple. Especially though, on iPhone where You've got to bounce between apps for all these instant messages. That's completely ungainly. Yeah, completely. I 100% agree with you. On phones, it's even worse. I've got friends that want to contact me on Facebook Messenger, and I'm like, just text me. I, <laughs> let's keep everything in text so it's just one place for me to go, and I don't have to jump between Google Hangouts and Facebook Messenger and everything else. I just want everything in one place. Apple won't be doing that. They'll do something with features that sound good, but maybe don't offer much in substance. A lot of fluff. Speaking of fluff, what do you think Apple's going to do with Mac OS? We have just covered some really basic apps here, and we got Siri. What else? I don't know. I mean, every year when they get to the OS part of the presentation, it's just like, oh, well, that's a nifty little feature. I, I don't know if I would have thought of that. And But there has not been... Anything huge coming out of the OS for several years now, you know, but every year they tell us, oh, we, we've made 120 new features. And it could be as small as how opaque the programs are when you are got them on your desktop and you can kind of see what's behind it. Uh, just as opaque as a logic in making you think these things are important. Exactly. Yes. The the wonderful reality distortion field that surrounds every Apple event that makes you think everything they're doing is super important. And remember, they're still doing that. Steve Jobs is smiling from where he is to see this going on. All right. So they're running out of features, but the same is true with iOS. I mean, iOS has been here now, was it nine, coming on its ninth year? So with iOS 10, we see the expanded Siri. That's fine. What else does Apple do? Apple has got to allow us to add widgets to the lock screen, whether it just be letting us add weather, whether it be just giving us a peek into our phones before we touch that lock screen. That is such a wasted piece of real estate. As for getting into the actual OS, once you've unlocked your phone, you know, everyone keeps saying, oh, we need something to change. But when you really look at it, it's still a very logical system. How do you change from logical to something that's prettier? I I think we're all tired of seeing the rows and rows of apps, but really, what other way is there to do this in a logical layout that won't make you just keep scrolling through your phone constantly looking for whatever you need? 
I agree with widgets. That's something that's been long on the Android platform. But again, you're making the key point here. What do they add? I think they could add things for the iPad Pro. Like, I think the 12.9-inch version of the iPad Pro should have a split view with four apps. I don't know if they would ever go up to four apps. You know, it's definitely... I just recently started using an iPad Pro, and I'm in love with it. You know, absolutely, which surprised me. I, I didn't think I would like it this much. But, you know, if you get up to four apps on the screen, that's still going to feel, even on a screen that big, I think I'm going to feel a little bit crowded. Or even three, do it in thirds. But the thing I'd like to see most on iOS platform is loosening the App Store sandboxing to allow more things to be supported. And obviously, we're seeing one right now. I am using on my Mac desktop an app called Audio Hijack, grabbing the audio not just from Skype, but from an external mixer, where I have a regular analog mixer attached to my Mac from the USB port with a regular microphone, and we're mixing all this stuff. And it comes out seamlessly. The outputs are separate, so I have control over my voice and Sean's voice. But you can't do that on iOS because that app wouldn't meet Apple's requirements. And I think that an iPad Pro would be a great portable recording studio. It absolutely would. And you know, you would think that at this point in in the whole history of the iOS devices that they would start loosening up a little bit more, but you know, I think that's why the popularity of jailbreaking is still around. It's never been something that's intrigued me that much because I, you know, if I spend this much on a device, I want it to work and be under warranty. But there's been a reason people continue to jailbreak their phones. They want to have more control over it. And Apple at some point needs to allow us to have that control. So you think at some point in time, Apple has to get around to loosening sandboxing but the same is true on the mac like audio hijack is available because we can buy apps from anywhere but audio hijack is not in the app store and i'm sure paul kafasis of rogue amoeba would be happy to put it there but apple sandboxing restricts it it can't be done there have to be ways to really loosen that and i'm sure apple is aware of it but again On the Mac, it's just a minor inconvenience. I can still get the app. On iOS, I don't want a jailbreak. I don't want to improve the possibility for somebody to hack my iPhone or iPad. You know, what is Apple thinking? I don't know. It's At some point, though, they're going to have to look at the popularity of jailbreaking and go, okay, there's a reason our customers are doing this. And Apple, for the most part, has been really good about making sure that customers are happy. They need to sit down now, though, and analyze, okay, what is it that they're unhappy about? You and I know what it is, but they need to sit down and look at it and go, what are people unhappy about that's causing them to do this? And it's all about freedom. Android you know, has all this freedom. You can do pretty much anything you want with it. And iOS, it's a very much a walled garden, and at some point, they're just going to have to go, okay, let's at least open one garden gate. Well, that's something which we hope they'll discuss. The problem is when the media talks to Apple, you know, you don't really get to do follow-up questions. They have the recorded spiel, even if it's said verbally. But I would like to see that. Another issue, and we can take this up in our next segment, 
is whether Apple needs to do a major OS upgrade every single year. I understand there's a lot of marketing in doing that. But by putting out too many products, we get instabilities. We'll get into more of that in a moment. Sean Ani from Techno Buffalo joining us. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's The Coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors. Find out more at rockoids.com. That's rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Are you worried about your mom or dad living alone in their house? Hi, I'm Joan London. Listen, I know how difficult it is to find senior care for someone you love. That's why I recommend a free service called A Place for Mom. They are the nation's largest senior living referral service. Call A Place for Mom today. To receive free information on senior living communities in your area, call A Place for Mom at 1-800-704-6182. A Place for Mom offers free, one-on-one advice from local advisors and a personalized list of senior living communities you can visit. If you have questions about senior care for your mom or dad, there's a place for answers, a place for mom. Call A Place for Mom in the next 10 minutes to get your free ebook on financing senior care as well as free information on senior living communities in your area. Call 1-800-704-6182. That's 1-800-704-6182. Has your body ever gone low blood sugar feeling weak, shaky, knowing you better eat something fast? We all know high blood sugar can lead to many metabolic problems. At GCNteam.com, we have a healthy blood sugar pack, focusing on the structure and function of stable blood sugar. Find us at GCNteam.com or call 877-878-4203. Nothing feels worse than unstable blood sugar. Call 877-878-4203. That's 877-878-4203. Dangerous blood clot device alert. If you or a loved one had an IVC filter placed to prevent blood clots from traveling to your heart or lungs and suffered an injury, you may be entitled to substantial financial compensation. The FDA warns that IVC filters may cause serious complications, such as heart or lung damage, internal bleeding, and even death. These dangerous blood clot devices can break and the metal fragments can travel to your heart or lungs causing serious injuries. If you or a loved one suffered organ damage or other injuries from an IVC filter, you may be entitled to substantial financial compensation. Act now. Time is limited to file a claim. For a free consultation and free information, call Injury Help Desk. 
at 800-478-1507. 800-478-1507. 800-478-1507. This is an advertisement. Paid non-attorney spokesperson. InjuryHelpDesk.com is responsible for this advertisement. Principal Office, Las Vegas, Nevada. We use mobile devices right against our bodies every day. But growing scientific evidence has emerged showing serious health risks associated with exposure to EMF radiation emitted from these devices. The solution is Defender Shield, the most effective mobile radiation shielding ever developed. Defender Shield blocks virtually 100% of EMF radiation from cell phones, tablets, and laptops and starts at just $64.99. Buy now at DefenderShield.com. For 10% off, use promo code GCN. DefenderShield.com, the worldwide leader in mobile radiation shielding. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Tech Night Owl Live, please send it to news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. If you'd like to discuss today's show with fellow Night Owls, visit our community forums at forum.technightowl.com. That's forum.technightowl.com. We're back with Sean Ani of Techno Buffalo. So the question here, is Apple doing too much too fast with operating systems? I agree with you. I think that you know we're at a point where we don't need a major update every year. Why not just sit, take a year off and really wow us when you come back with it? By doing it every single year, you're working to this deadline that doesn't need to exist. I don't think that people are sitting around going, well, I'm not buying a Mac until the next version of the OS comes out. No, they're sitting around going, I'm not buying a Mac until the next version of the hardware comes out. It's not the software. And it's the same thing, I think, with iPhones and iPads. Now, traditionally, we see a new iOS for the iPhone. But I think people buy the iPhone because it has stuff in it they like, or it's two or three years since they bought their last one, and they need to upgrade. I don't think it's necessarily the iOS pulling them in. 100% agree with you. It, it's all about the hardware yet again. you know, If you're buying an Apple device, you're buying it because you like the experience. You don't need some tiny new bell and whistle each and every year for you to jump on it. But that seems to be the tack that Apple feels they need to follow. So if we were to do that, if Apple were to get that way, would that impact developers at all? I don't think so. They could still have developers conferences. I would also assume here that over that year, Apple can release minor feature updates like with 9.3. Exactly. And it also would allow them to release more tools for the devs. You know, WWDC, while the first day is very much about, you know, announcing things to the public, the rest of the week is actually development conferences where they sit down and they talk about different ways to develop the best apps they can for, you know, be it the Macs or for the iDevices. They could still be doing a lot in the background. It doesn't have to necessarily be forward facing to the general consumer. All right. Now let's look at the hardware itself. Now, on the Mac, you don't always get an annual update. And I think part of it is because Intel's hardware hasn't always been as consistent. We have only had one refresh this year, the MacBook. We usually have Mac notebooks every year. Same with the iMac. But the Mac Pro came out in 2013. Late that year, it was debuted at the WWDC. The Mac Mini is 2014. So if it's two years since we have releases on the Mac, 
Does that matter? It, it matters on the iPhone because it's too much of a priority and people don't keep their smartphones for as long. Exactly. Yes. A a lot of the Macs are very much overdue at this point. The MacBook Pros, you know, are running on Intel processors that are now two generations old. You know, at some point they're going to have to update that. Pretty much every Mac except for, I believe, the iMac and the the MacBook, you know, not the Pro, but just the, the MacBook name. Those are the most recent updates. Everything else in the product line is really in need of an update at this point. Now, there's a new generation of Intel chips that's already out. Yes. So where are those updates? There are rumors, by the way, that Apple will be soon refreshing the MacBook Pro. What have you heard? Well, what we've heard is that more than likely the MacBook Pros are going to be on stage at WWDC on Monday. Even though it's a software conference, it would not be the first time they've brought hardware out on the stage to announce it. And we're hearing that the function key row is going to disappear from the new MacBook Pros and be replaced by an LCD screen. And some people are saying that's where Siri will exist and that you'll have other features that you can do with it. It's a bit out there, but we have seen some leaked parts that do seem to indicate that that's the plan. Another rumor I've heard is that Apple is going to institute a way for Touch ID on the iPhone to wake up a Mac. We've been hearing that, and that would make a lot of sense. It's not something that I feel is absolutely necessary, but it'd be an interesting little addition to the entire ecosystem. Would it be awkward, though? I do think it would be awkward because do you really want to fish your phone out of your pocket every time you want to turn your computer on? So how do you think it could be done? Well, you know, it's going to be interesting to see what's going on with this LCD screen. You know, is there possibly a way that it doesn't involve the phone and we would, you know, use the LCD screen? I highly doubt it, but, you know, if it was built into the MacBook itself, I'd be far more interested in it. But if it's on the phone, you know, I, I just, I'm not a big fan of the idea of having to have a second piece of hardware laying around to make one of them work. Now, of course, you know, they realize there's going to be people that buy these computers that don't have an iPhone. So it's not going to be an absolute have to do it this way. It's going to be something you can turn on whether you want to use it or not. I think the time has long passed since Mac portables should have had their own built-in fingerprint sensor. I mean, Apple has the technology. I tend to agree with you. You know, there, there have been some laptops out there in the Windows marketplace that do have that and always seem like a bit of a gimmick, you know, but Apple really has nailed the Touch ID system. Oh, you know, yes, it does not always read 100% perfectly, but overall, it's been really reliable. And I'm surprised that they haven't included it in the computers yet. So I feel it's only a matter of time, but making it a connection between the phone and the computer just still seems fairly odd to me. Now, with your iPhone, though, or with your iPad, you have the alternative. You can enter your passcode. You'd have to have a similar system on your Mac or go back to the password if the Touch ID didn't work because you have to allow for failure. Exactly, yes. What about facial recognition? I'm not a big fan of facial recognition because, you know, what if, you know, you decide to grow a beard? You know, it, are you going to have to sit there and update all of your images inside the computer system? I, I think facial recognition is one of those things that, you know, we've always looked at it in sci-fi and gone, oh, that's cool, but I just don't know how practical it is in the real world. 
I mean, you can't recognize people with a beard. I'll give you an example. We all know the actor from Farmers, J.K. Simmons, and he played J. Jonah Jameson with a hairpiece for three Spider-Man films, and he appeared on TV, and he's done a lot of stuff. I mean, he's one of the most recognizable faces on TV. Now, he's going to play Commissioner Gordon in the new Justice League films, okay? So I saw a picture of him working out in a gym, He's got a beard, and you wouldn't know it was J.K. Simmons. You have to really look closely. So it would therefore have to be some kind of optical recognition. It would recognize your eyes because your eyes will be the same regardless of the mustache or beard. Yeah, I saw the same picture of J.K. Simmons, and I don't think there's any computer software in the world that would have realized that was J.K. Simmons. (laughs) And he's got massive arms there. I can't believe it. This guy is as tough as Henry Cavill with all his muscles. Yeah, that, those pictures were rather surprising. But yeah, I that's exactly right. You know, it's going to have to be, you know, a system by which they, they do look at your eyes because that's about the only thing on your face that doesn't change. But then again, if you wear glasses, you know, are you going to have to worry about, you know, light reflecting off of them? Are you going to have to take your glasses off every time you want to do this? It wouldn't work for Clark Kent, would it? No, no, it wouldn't. <laughs> We've got Sean Ani of Techno Buffalo. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Alive. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. I'm Jesse Gonzalez, Vice President of Kmart. Did you know that premature birth is the number one killer of babies in the United States, or that survivors can face a lifetime of serious health problems? But you can help. Join me in Kmart for the March for Babies Walk. We'll work together to raise funds for research and programs that help the marginalized fight premature birth and birth defects and improve the health of moms and babies. Start your team today at marchforbabies.org. The best-kept secret in the firearms business is CDNNSports.com. CDNN Sports is the largest firearms liquidator in the U.S. We've got optics, accessories, gun parts, magazines, ammunition, and more. Sign up for our email specials today for the best gun deals, period. You will also be entered to win a Winchester 101 field shotgun. Go to Charlie, Delta, November, NovemberSports.com. That's CDNNSports.com. Are you tired of commuting to a job that makes someone else rich, working harder than ever, but getting nowhere? Do you hate spending hundreds of dollars every week on daycare, having someone else raise your children? With our opportunities, you can start earning money as soon as next week. You get to be the boss, work from home, and live a happier life. At Be The Boss Network, you'll find hundreds of work-from-home opportunities that you can literally start today and be earning money as soon as next week. Go to freedom106.com and start earning money as soon as next week. You get to be the boss. Get out of the rat race. Work from home. Go to freedom106.com right now and change your life today. That's freedom, the number 106.com. Go to freedom106.com and start earning money as soon as next week. You be the boss. Go to freedom106.com. Today, how to incorporate your business in just 10 minutes so you won't lose everything if you get sued. Step one. Stop putting it off. If you're not incorporated and someone sues your business tomorrow, it's not just your business at risk. 
you can lose everything. Your home, your car, even your life savings. Step 2. Call the following number for a free 10-minute incorporation guide from Incorporate.com. 1-800-941-5257. They don't provide legal or financial advice. They just make incorporating quick and easy. So you can incorporate or form an LLC in just 10 minutes. That number again is 1-800-941-5257. Step 3. Congratulate yourself. By taking just 10 minutes to incorporate your business or form an LLC, you protected your home, your car, and your life savings. And that is how you incorporate your business in just 10 minutes. But hurry while they're still giving away these 10-minute incorporation guides for free. Call 1-800-941-5257. That's 1-800-941-5257. I'm Nick Soboleski, a select quote agent with a true story that could save you hundreds of dollars a year. A woman named Linda just called. Her husband, Ray, has a $300,000 group life insurance policy, but is changing jobs and can't take it with him. Well, I impartially shot the highly rated term life insurance companies we represent and found Ray, who is 41 and takes medication to control his cholesterol, a 10-year, $500,000 policy for under $26 a month. That's almost twice the coverage for less than half of what he had paid. If SelectQuote hasn't shopped for your life insurance, you're probably paying too much. For your free quote, call 1-800-403-4885. That's 1-800-403-4885. 403 4885 Or go to SelectQuote.com. We shop. You save. Get full details on the example policy at SelectQuote.com slash commercials. Your price could vary depending on your health issuing company and other factors not available in all states. You're listening to the Tech Night Owl Live with Gene Steinberg. You never know what's going to happen next. On the Tech Night Owl Live, we have Sean Ani of Techno Buffalo. So, iOS, I don't know. What can they add? We've gone through that. Mac OS, what could they add? Maybe there'll be a hardware announcement. TV OS, what are we missing? You know, I think the big thing there is when I fire up my Apple TV and I, I go through there, it just feels clunky to me. I, I don't know why. I mean, it's basically the same thing as iOS, but it just it doesn't feel smooth. You know, if you use other set-top boxes, like, say, the Roku's, it's essentially the same system, but it just seems more responsive. It seems quicker. And Apple just seems to be, okay, well, we're going to put a couple movies up here in the corner that you actually own, but it's hard to tell them apart from the ones we're trying to get you to purchase. And over here, we're going to put some colorful icons. And it just it feels very not user-friendly to me. So maybe Apple has to spruce up tvOS some. I definitely think that tvOS needs some sprucing up, yes. So you have the new generation Apple TV. I have not bothered. I will say this. If you thought the old remote was annoying, the new one's even worse. I because- hate the old remote, but I only use my Apple TV for Netflix and for movies I rent from iTunes. Right. Yeah. I, the problem with the new remote is that they, they put a touchpad on it. And if you're not flicking just correctly, you can jump between you know different movie categories. And when you try to go back to the other movie category, it doesn't remember where you were and puts you back at the top. So you have to scroll all the way through again. 
it's just it's very clunky and i i thought i hated the older remote i hate the new one even more but you know and that's why i i love streaming stuff you know i i've cut the cord i'm i'm one of those many people and i've used just about every set top box that's on the market and the apple tv is probably my least favorite All right. Well, that gives room for development right there. The thing that bothered me about the Apple TV, though, was not so much the new remote, not so much the new interface, but the lack of 4K support. That was a big one. With as many 4K televisions out there, you know, as you were saying earlier in the show, you know, people only replace their televisions every so many years. But I am a person that believes in future-proofing technology. You know, if I'm going to buy a computer today, I want to make sure that that computer is still going to be good two to three years down the road. So I'll spend a little bit extra money. Apple, in that instance, should have gone, you know, okay, maybe 4K is not in every home yet but it's going to be within the next three to four years. They should have future-proofed the device, and they didn't for some reason. Well, one reason might be HDR, because the higher color gamut, the improved color, like HDR10, is it, and Dolby Vision? Yes, we saw those at CES this year, and HDR is absolutely amazing. It's unbelievable the the image you see you know but even at that i've also seen 8k televisions at ces they weren't available for sale yet but they were there for demonstration purposes so at what point do you finally jump in and say okay this is the technology we're going to support if you just keep waiting you're going to be waiting until the end of time yes but the issue with 4k is this unless you have a real large picture, real large display, normal size display, which is what, 50, 55 inches or something. If you're not close enough, the 4K advantage is no advantage. You don't see it. But if you've got HDR color, you'll always see it. So maybe they were waiting for the standard to stabilize before adding it. I mean, there's not much content anyway. No, that's exactly right. There's not a whole lot of content out there yet. But at this point, you know, Apple doesn't update the Apple tele, you know, Apple TV that often. So you have to wonder, you know, are we going to have to wait another year? Or are we going to have to wait two years? You just don't know. But at the same time, we are hearing those rumors about them turning the Apple TV into their version of the Amazon Echo. So that kind of implies that we'll probably see a new Apple TV in the very near future. And that could be the one that includes HDR. Also, I wonder here if any of that could be added from a firmware update. More than likely, some of it could. I just don't know if they have enough processing power in there for an HDR. That, that's the big question. We're talking here about the A8, and right. I don't know. I, I do not know. Okay, so we both agree. On the other hand, I think if Apple introduces a fifth-generation Apple TV this October or November... People who bought last year's model might feel cheated. I would be one of those people. You know, that that's a situation where it's acceptable with a phone or a tablet to come out every year. But when you're talking a device like a Apple TV, it just doesn't feel natural for it to be updated every single year. And yes, it, it was considerably more expensive than the previous generation. It would feel a little bit like being cheated if they do release another one this year. Or maybe they can do some level of 4K update. I guess we're going to have to see. Although some people say Apple doesn't care, but I think they do. And I think they had a plan in mind 
but they were waiting for the technology to catch up. So we'll have to see how that works out. But obviously, the software could be improved immediately at WWDC, or they could announce something related to 4K. But we think maybe the interface will be fixed up. I don't like the interface in many ways because you have to go down multiple levels with the old remote to get to something like Netflix. I want to watch Daredevil. I've got to click like 50,000 times to get to the shows, find the shows I watched. I think the Roku was smarter about picking up where you left off. Much smarter. I'm a big fan of the Roku brand, and that's what I primarily use. I I mainly use my Apple TV just for watching the movies I rent or purchase from Apple themselves. But if I'm doing anything else streaming-wise, I'm on my Roku. So Apple needs to figure out how people who don't use Apple's products and services can get this content that they want. Exactly. That's tvOS and Apple TV. Apple Watch. You have an Apple Watch? I do not. Okay, so we have a Watch OS 2, which came out six months after the first Watch OS. What does Apple do this year? I really don't know. I, you know I, I, I do wear a smartwatch. I wear a Pebble simply because of the battery life on it, that it's completely visible in daylight. You know, because it's an e-ink display. As for the Apple Watch OS, really, I don't hear many complaints from you know those of us in the company that do own one, except for the fact that they can't see it in the sunlight. I'm sure that they will be adding more usability to it. You know, I know that they've been opening it up more and more to developers because when it first came out, developers really couldn't do anything with it. Why they didn't wait until they were ready for that, I'm still not sure, but. That's Apple for you. So I'm sure it's going to be all about adding even more features, giving them more access to the sensors, and letting the apps truly live and breathe on the watch. And part of the problem also here is the technology used for the screens. Wouldn't OLED give you a better picture in sunlight? Yes, it would. Most definitely. Now, there are stories that the next iPhone for 2017, which would be what an iPhone 8 or an iPhone 7S or something, that might have an OLED screen. Correct. And you know the, we've been hearing this rumor for quite a while, and it seems odd that usually the even-numbered years are the year of the, the big release. The odd-numbered years are the S releases, which are just like minor updates. So we're a little puzzled by the idea that they would do such a major change in an odd-numbered year because the people, you know, this has been going on for so long, it's a system that they're used to. So a lot of people are going to run out and buy an iPhone 7 this year, and then if we get an OLED display next year, it's that's really going to annoy a lot of people. Well, we're going to have to just look at where that works out. I guess we'll have to also think what Apple might do with the next Apple Watch. Yes. We'll have more to this. We'll have one more segment with our guest this week, Sean Ani of Techno Buffalo. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. 
graphic converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into graphic converter and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that too in graphic converter. Also print catalogs. Convert from so many formats I can't even list them. Download now to see if graphic converter is good for you. Like one and a half million other users. Guess what? You could save money when you buy graphic converter. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL to get a special price for graphic converter. Go to LemkeSoft.com. That's L-E-M-K-E Soft.com. LemkeSoft.com. L-E-M-K-E Soft.com. This is Dan Pillard. Do you owe the IRS money you can't pay? Are tax debts crippling you? I've defended people from the IRS for over 30 years. I've helped thousands and I can help you too. I wrote the book on IRS settlement and I'm telling you, there's no such thing as a hopeless case. Call 800-34-NO-TAX to finally get free of IRS debt. With the IRS's new programs, there's never been a better time to solve your problem. Call 800-34-NO-TAX. That's 800-34-NO-TAX or my website, danpilla.com. Vaping enthusiasts, head to VaporPalace.com. Choose from over 150 flavors and a selection of exclusive private stock vapor liquid you won't find anywhere else. New flavors are added every month, and our customer service is unbeatable. VaporPalace.com offers 15% off all vapor liquid on Fridays and get 10% off every order with coupon code VAPOR10 at checkout. Combine the codes on Fridays for 25% off. The ultimate destination for the vaping enthusiast. VaporPalace.com. Paid non-attorney spokesperson Adam Pulaski of the Pulaski Law Firm with principal office in Houston, Texas is the attorney responsible for the content of this ad. This ad is not legal advice and the choice of a lawyer should not be based solely upon advertisement. Services may not be available in all states. Attention Zarelto users. If you or a loved one took Zarelto and suffered a serious bleeding event, you may be entitled to financial compensation. Zarelto is a popular prescription blood thinner used to prevent blood clots and protect patients from strokes. These serious bleeding events have led to numerous cases of hospitalization and even death. Phone lines are open 24-7. Call 800-261-0937. That's 800-261-0937. Is negative content or comments on the web affecting your personal or professional reputation? Unfavorable comments, embarrassing pictures, videos, legal documents, and negative articles can ruin your personal life, your career, or your business. It happens a lot, and it's just not fair. But what can you do? ReputationDefender.com can help protect your good name. Get a free consultation now. Call 800-831-0771. That's 800-831-0771. Call right now for a free expert reputation analysis. It's easy to squash the unfair attacks with our patented system, and the analysis is absolutely free. Make the best things about you jump out in searches. Protect your personal and professional reputation, your business, and your income. Get your free reputation analysis from ReputationDefender.com right now. Call 800-831-0771. 800-831-0771. That's 800-831-0771. Or visit ReputationDefender.com today. There is an affordable alternative to the high cost of health care that offers freedom from insurance while providing compliance with the Obamacare mandate. Imagine having access to quality, affordable health care that allows you the freedom to choose your doctor and hospital. Members can share up to 
100% of necessary medical expenses, including alternative treatments. Find out how you and your family can contain healthcare costs without giving up your freedom. Go to libertyoncall.org. That's libertyoncall.org. You're listening to the Tech Night Owl live with Gene Steinberg. You never know what's going to happen next. Very briefly, Sean, the next Apple Watch, I don't expect to see it till fall. I would agree with you. Yeah, it's definitely going to be something they want out there for the holiday season. So I need to kind of understand this here. The current Apple Watch obviously depends on linking with your iPhone. There has to be a point where Apple will provide the cellular hardware, at least data, so you no longer have to do that. But it wouldn't happen this year. It might be a couple of years hence. I would say it's going to be a couple years hence, and that is something that some of the other companies have been dabbling in. I think it all hinges on the idea, though, that they're going to have to work out a way with the carriers that you don't have to pay for a separate data connection. You know, If I have to buy another plan just for my watch, that's really going to limit how many people want to do it. So Apple Watch 2... The thing I am concerned about here is Apple needs to probably keep the form factor similar, even if a lot of the hardware is updated because you have all those watch bands. Yeah, that shouldn't be too difficult, you know, because that's just the hinge itself. It's not, you know, a part of the actual watch. So that shouldn't be a, a huge problem. They could, you know, in theory, extend the height of the phone. You know, I, I'm speaking, you know, the height in the how much of your wrist it covers. They could play with those dimensions a tiny bit, but for the most part, yes, it's it, they're very locked into what size it's got to be. I mean, you can't go too big because then, you know, who's going to want to wear it? They're not going to want a giant device on their wrist. Some people think the current Apple Watch is a little too big anyway. I, I tend to agree. You know, I've, I've worn one briefly and I, I'm a very large man, six foot three. And even I was kind of like, eh, it, it looked a little big, even on me. I think they're going to have to play with it this year though, and make a much more compelling product for your average consumer. This is true. This is true. But we have to think here that Apple has more problems in how they update the Apple watch because they are so expensive, not the ones that are 249 or something. We're talking about people spending upwards of $10,000 for one. You expect to keep that for years. You buy a Rolex for five or 10 grand, you don't expect to buy one every couple of years. Yeah, I, you know, when the Apple watches were first announced, I, I was a little taken aback by the idea that Apple was even offering watches that were that expensive because they are a technology company. And just as the example you've given, they're going to continue to update this. I'm sorry, I'm not going to drop $10,000 every year just to have the latest version of the Apple Watch in a really pretty color. I I don't know why they even bothered to offer that, but that's Apple. (laughs) Not not every decision they make uh, strikes a chord of reason with your average consumer. Apple Watch. I don't know. I have a $12.88 Walmart watch here. All right? Just to let you know how extravagant I am. It kind of sort of keeps decent time. Right now, it is running 
about six seconds fast. I've well, had this for about a year and two months. I've already replaced the battery once. The problem is, of course, that even though Walmart will replace your battery for five fifty or six dollars with installation, after you do it a couple of years, you bought yourself a new watch. Exactly. <laughs> At that point, I think I would just buy a new twelve dollar and eighty eight cent watch every year. <laughs> I would hope so, but yeah, that might have been the thing. Maybe they'll have a better watch next year. $12.88. It has a warranty, by the way, for two or three years. And if your watch goes bad, you have to send $6 for it, I think, and then mail it back at your expense to the <laughs> warranty company, which means, of course, that to fix a $12.88 watch will cost you probably $12.88. Uh, they always find a way to win over your cash. Well, if there's a way to do it, They'll find a way. That's how it always works. Apple's pretty decent about that, though. Yes, I mean, they are. And we look at this. Apple has certainly made a lot of progress. They've got a lot of products out there. Maybe they're putting out too many, which is one of the complaints. It's a huge company, and it seems to be managed pretty well. But to get to the final question here, Sean, Ani, what do you think, what do you think of the possibility that Apple will have something surprising to present next week. Usually if Apple has something surprising to bring out on stage, we'll have at least heard some rumors of it. And we haven't heard any rumors. I mean, not a peep. So I just, I'm not expecting anything too shocking to come out on stage, you know, possibly in the fall when they do their big hardware announcement, but Hardware-wise, for something shocking coming out on stage, I, I just don't think it's going to happen this time. There will be no one more thing. If there's a one more thing, I think it's going to be software-related, and I don't believe they... I may be wrong on this, but I don't believe they've ever done that with software. So I'd, I'd, I'm not expecting anything too radical or shocking this time. Now, maybe Apple will show off a technology that won't come to fruition until later in the year. Or even a new product saying, we've got this product under development and we can't wait to show it to you. But you won't get it for a few months. They do that sometimes. They do do that sometimes. And of course, you know, the, the big, you know, and I'm using air quotes here, secretive project right now is the Apple car. Maybe this could be where they finally, you know, admit fully that the car exists. You know, they, they've joked about it. They've hinted at it. But they've never just come out and flatly said, we're building a car. Maybe, but the issue is it's too far from the release. Now, when they have to send these cars out for regulatory approval, the word's going to get out. This is one of the reasons why the original iPhone was publicized six months ahead of its release. Correct. So that might be an issue. But that issue may be a year before it's released. Yeah, it's quite possible, you know, and I I wouldn't put it past Apple to, you know, and I'm not saying this is definitely going to happen this week, but I wouldn't put it past Apple to just go ahead on this particular situation and spill the beans because there is going to be absolutely no way to hide this car once they send it to the government. It's going to be everywhere. And if Apple has proven anything over the years, they want to be the masters of their messaging. So I wouldn't be surprised to see them go, okay, 
where you're out here it is and then the next day it's at the regulators to start being approved right but we're not a year out no i i think we're more like two to three years out all right apple car i don't know i'll tell you if they'll let me test drive one i i would gladly go for a test drive i i don't know what i would actually think of it with their design specifications i mean we have to remember this is a company that recently decided the charging port should be on the bottom of a mouse so you can't use it while it's charging. Uh, so my, I have a few questions about their design choices as of late. Indeed, you do. And, and I do as well. Sean Ani, can you tell our listeners if they want to know more about you and Techno Buffalo, where do they go? They can just head to technobuffalo.com and you'll find all sorts of technology coverage there. We cover all the phones that are coming out, tablets, everything, consumer electronics, we cover it. You can find us on Twitter if you're so inclined. Look for Tech Night Owl. Look for Tech Night Owl on Twitter. I'm also on Facebook. Look for Gene Steinberg. If he's the guy with the red plaid shirt, more than likely he's me. We've got a second radio show. It's all about UFOs. And all those other mysteries about things that go bump in the night. And this week on the Paracast at Paracast.com, we'll be featuring Dr. John B. Alexander. And he's a guy who is involved in non-lethal weapons for the government. And he also worked with the late Tom Clancy, you know, the guy who wrote Hunt for Red October and everything like that. It appears here that he knew the guy. Knew the guy very well. I knew Tom Clancy, by the way. I once helped him fix CD-ROM. Like, I remember the time he told me when Harrison Ford was doing the Jack Ryan films. He did two of them. He thought Harrison Ford wasn't a very smart guy. Paracast.com. Reminder also, if you want the commercial-free version of this show, join Tech Night Owl Plus at plus.technightowl.com, plus.technightowl.com. Sean Ani, thanks for joining us on the Tech Night Owl Live. Happy to be here. Thank you for having me. The Tech Night Owl Live is a copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. We'll be back next week. Same bat time, same bat channel.